Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by Manscaped, the very best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Oh my god. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code LGB at manscaped.com. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. As the world's only personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment and your DNA, ID Life provides its members with high-quality ingredients backed by pure science. It's science. Check out rockinthatidlife.com and speak with Dustin about how you can reach your goals today. That's rockinthatidlife.com. Get ready. To hear some noise tonight, you're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Let's have a Donnybrook. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> Are we like Ogilcorp? Are we suspended? I I reciprocated the dickness. Selfish, Selfish hockey. hockey. That's right. Selfish hockey. What did I tell you about stick tape? You don't need it! No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome to Season 9, Episode 19 of Let's Go Blues Radio, where the often imitated but never duplicated, the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code LGB. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. And by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Talk to Dustin at rockinthatidlife.com. That's rockinthatidlife.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. We are broadcasting live on Tuesday, January 19th, 2021. This is franchise episode number 285 all the time. Your hosts tonight are usually Kurt Price, Bill Day, and Jeff Ponder. And for your listening pleasure, for the next little while, we'll be talking St. Louis Blues hockey, covering a few notable topics in the first two games of the season versus the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, we'll discuss last night's win versus the San Jose Sharks and chat with our good friend uh, AJ Strong from Teal Town, USA to get his thoughts on the game. Uh, the shark situation in Arizona and uh, other things. So, uh, surely it's a stage name, right? AJ Strong. That can't be his real name. I was actually going to say that. <laughs> I was going to say that. I'm like, I got to ask him: Is that his real name? I don't know why that just hit me now. It's a, it's got to be a stage name. <laughs> it sounds too it cool. Probably like like Alexandria Pumpernickel or something is probably his real <laughs> See, name. That's what she should <laughs> see. I'd go with that. <laughs> Uh, I've been a- <laughs> way cooler. <laughs> Take up too much real estate on the screen, though. It's too big. AJ Strong is nice and short. Uh, Let's go guy, on Twitter, uh, too, in a tag. I knew a guy back in the day whose name was BJ. He went by BJ, which I was like, come on, man. But I found out his real name was Bjorn. And I'm like, oh. Bjorn's a way cooler name. <sighs> what year are we talking? <laughs> Bjorn, like, oh, Bjorn now. Four? Oh, four, four maybe? <laughs> Bjorn now. And- is, yeah. Was he truly Nordic, or were his parents just... His parents were. You know. His parents were Nordic. Yeah. Did he play tennis? Go with it. The only, the only uh, I know played tennis. That's a great question. I can ask him. I'll look him up and ask him. Uh, if, if he if he did or does, then that's two for two with Bjorns, as far as playing tennis. That'd be amazing. At least it's not <laughs> Bjork. Right. <laughs> 
Uh, to interact with our show on social media, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of our social media info is posted at letsgoblues.com, where you can also find past episodes of the show, browse the fan discussion forum, and visit our shop where you can get some awesome blues-themed t-shirts and stickers that help support the show. We are dual live streaming right now on YouTube and Facebook, so thank you for joining us. If you have not already done so, please subscribe to the show. And if you're listening on the podcast, we do live stream on the show on YouTube and Facebook every week during the season. So uh, if you'd like, feel free to check that out uh, in the future. Um, what do you guys got for uh, beers of the show this week? Uh, you know, before before we get into that, we have a special guest. You mentioned AJ Strong was going to join us, but... Yep. I've got a special guest in studio, guys. Is it your cat? Uh, no. Well, I'm, he's around here somewhere, I'm sure. But uh, no, I've got a special guest in studio. His first time at my house. This is the Stanley Ponder Cup, folks. Look at that. Ah. There she is. And all its glory. The first time at the house. Uh, it's, yeah, it's been getting passed around since it's won. And I, it's never been to this house. Oh, that house. Because you won the first year. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah, we lived off Manchester yeah, okay, back then. Yeah, okay. So, but yeah, this is uh, first time in this house. So I finally, I know I'm holding the trophy and I shouldn't be because I haven't won it since 15. But um, for anybody who cares, you can take a look there. Look at that. Look at that guy. Look at that guy. That's Jeff Ponder right there. That's me. Uh, Kurt, have you won this? You've won yes, this one, right? My name should be on there. I was on Paul. I was on Dustin's. Oh team. yeah, there you are. There you are. Yeah. There we go. There it is. Yep. To, yep. Yeah, the, the year after. Yeah. Second year. Of course. My name is not on there. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You're there in spirit. I had a good uh, tournament in no, sixteen. I, I had a good. I had a good tournament. I had a good tourney. You did. Um, but yeah, we're. Uh, that was the year your daughter won like everything in the <laughs> raffle too. Yeah, yep. <laughs> she was ecstatic. Um. But I, I want to go and announce this, and this has not been announced anywhere else, but um, we are going to have to reschedule, unfortunately, again, the Stanley Ponder Cup Memorial Tournament. Um, from November, we scheduled it to March. Now we're talking probably June. So anybody who's interested in coming or playing, um, we are talking about opening it up to another team, so having six teams instead of five. So that would open up more spots for players. Uh, the only issue is this time is, High school hockey wasn't going to play this year, but then all of a sudden, I guess Missouri inline hockey was, okay, we're going to play anyway. So um, they have an obligation in the rink to do whatever high school hockey wants. So they're they're busy that weekend. So we're going to uh, post a new date here soon. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook, and um, I'll update anybody who's interested. Uh, the official beers of episode number 285. Do we have beers this evening? I'm sure we do. We always do. We always do. Jeff uh, tweeted his. I tweeted mine. Well, I, I put mine on untapped and shared it. Why don't you go first this week, Jeff? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, I want to add that I'm chasing my beer with some wonderful hydration from um, our friends at ID Life. Remember, rockin'thatidlife.com. Great stuff. Uh, but my beer of the episode is one of my favorite locals, Urban Chestnut Zwickle. Uh, just a wonderful light beer and uh, something that um, it's it's very sweet. I, I like sweet, but I can only have maybe one or two of them before I'm like, okay, now I need to get to something dark. But very good beer if you never had it. 
Yeah, well, like, it's always hard to uh, you know with the the you know the European pint portions that uh, uh, Urban Chestnut sells. It, it, it's hard to really dig into multiple offerings. You know, of yep. Swickle, Schnickelfritz, even Thrails, the uh, Imperial uh, Stout. Hard to do more than one. Agree. But yeah, Bill. Um, yet another pale ale um, from Surly. This one is Periscope. Um, I picked up the 12-pack uh, multi-pack, I forget what they call it, but it's got, uh, I, I picked it up for the espresso milk stout, um, which is good. Forgot to put one in the fridge. That would have been my beer tonight, maybe next week. Um, and it's got a couple other pale ales and then, uh, the flagship furious. Um, eh, it's, it's a pale ale. It's citrusy. It's got hops. And that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Uh, my beer um, uh, the show is themed this week. I've got the old uh, see that? Narragansett. Narragansett? It's Narragansett. It's it's Rhode Narragans Island. I, it, I, I'm familiar. It's the yeah, and it's 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 the beer that Quint crushes in his hand on the boat. And then it's followed up by uh, Hooper crushing a styrofoam cup. In Jaws, so <laughs> Jaws. That, that's, that, is, that is not that is not my beer. That's 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 a that's an empty can I have in my my collection. So, but this the one I'm actually drinking is uh, the uh, locker room supply from Center Ice Beery in St. Louis, Missouri. So uh, I, I enjoy this lager. I've got the pale ale, a revolving pale ale from Center Ice uh, as my second beer. So we will be cheersing. Some center ice brews later. It's a, it's a center ice show. Mm -hmm. I I really need to make the trip over there because I cannot find it for the life of me anywhere on this side of the river. And, uh, I don't. So I don't think about, it is. It's about time I make it over there. I've yeah. I've bought it. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I've bought it at Total Wine here before, but uh, not lately. Yeah, I know they're at Friar Tuck. I'm not sure about anywhere else, but I know for a fact uh, the one in. Kirkwood or whatever that is, Sunset Hills. Uh, I've been there multiple times to buy center ice beer. I don't think Fire Tuck has it here in Edwardsville, though. Uh, they do not. Yeah, I haven't seen it. They do not. Uh, today in Blues History, courtesy of the STL Blues History Twitter account, January 19th, 2013. Vladimir Tresenko. This is actually a very nice uh, run of... Uh, Today in Blues History, Adams. Uh, Tarasenko made his NHL debut and became the second St. Louis Blues player. Uh, first was Doug Palazzari to score two goals uh, in their first NHL game, named the number one star in the game. And the Blues' 6 to nothing win versus the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, such a kick-ass game. Because this was still... This was, the, this was after the, the Wings' heyday, but it was, it, was, it was still really nice to stick it to the Wings. And they hung yeah, and that was six spot on them. And that was uh, the day that Stan Musial passed. And so St. Louis was kind of reeling from that. And then Blues come out and trounce the, the rival Red Wings 6 nothings. That was a, a very nice moment for St. Louis sports. Yep. I will that's, that was, I'll, I will never forget that game. I was on my couch just uh, yeah. going ballistic. 
That was the first game my son ever watched. Is that right? Uh, yeah, because he was born uh, that summer, J July of 12. And, of course, they were locked out uh, at the beginning of 12. So that was the first game of the season uh, on the 19th. And uh, that was the first game he sat and watched with me. And even then, a little tyke, uh, he was, uh, I remember in his bouncer, a uh, little bouncy chair thing. What are those things called? And he just, yeah. oh, he just could not keep his eyes off the screen. He <laughs> loved it. And he's still, every day, every time the Blues come on, I love it. He's He's been a fan since being a baby. If I had the clip of my daughter saying Red Wings suck when she was like two years old, I'd play it right now. <laughs> Red Wings suck. Uh, January 19th, 2009. Uh, this was, this, I, this game was not televised. Uh, this was this was still back in the day when there was a, a couple games a season that were not televised, for whatever reason they chose one or two games that weren't on TV uh, locally in St. Louis. Uh, you can see video of this because it was televised on uh, the Northeastern Sports Network NESN. But uh, David Backus, uh, January nineteenth, two thousand nine, David Backus scores with less than one second left in the game on a fantastic out of uh, midair shot. Um, Batted the puck out of midair off a rebound to tie the game in the St. Louis Blues 5-4 shootout victory versus the Boston Bruins. Uh, preceded that uh, was a great save by Barrett Jackman uh, in goal uh, on the vacated net just prior to the Bacchus goal to tie it up. Um, shootout goals by Oshie and Boys in this game. Uh, Mason uh, was in net for the Blues. Uh, th and this was a game that kind of sparked the uh, historic turnaround for the Blues yeah. uh, that, that season. So that was, uh, and th so there was so much that happened in this game. So, and you've got the uh, uh, Blues were 17, 23, and 4 prior to this game. Um, Boston was 33, 7, and 5. So it was a stark contrast in teams. Uh, if you haven't seen this, this goal and you're a fairly new fan, because this cause happened like, what, 11, 12 years ago. Um, 11, I guess, what, no, 10 years ago. Was it? Oh, nine. So 11 years ago. Well, Almost carry the one. 11, yeah. Yeah. It's math. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it, uh, at SO Blues History has the uh, clip on Twitter. It's on YouTube. Uh, fantastic goal um, and a nice finish for the Blues in the, in the shootout. This was actually a rather soap opera-like season for the, for the Blues because they started off terrible. Uh, they're supposed to make the playoffs, and then they kind of like, you know, 19. But uh, they didn't finish uh, as good as 19 uh, in the playoffs. But uh, uh, there was a lot that happened this season. Uh, Eric Johnson had his golf cart accident incident prior to the season. as an 18. Uh, didn't play a single game this year. Uh, the Palin curse happened this season uh, to Legacy. <laughs> For those unfamiliar with the Palin curse, it, it uh, first reared its ugly head in Philadelphia earlier that season by a few weeks prior to this game for the, uh, when it happened to the Blues. So in October of 2008 in Philadelphia when the Flyers owner Ed Snyder invited Sarah Palin to drop the ceremonial first puck before their home opener against the Rangers. The Flyers lost that game and went on to lose their next six and the Palin curse was born. So then just a few weeks later Blues owner Dave Checkets invited Palin to drop the puck at a at a home game versus the Kings. Uh, Man, a legacy tripped over the red carpet that was brought out for the ceremony and injured his groin. Uh, the Blues lost the game 4-0 and lost their starting goalie for uh, five games and then never really got back on track, and he was then demoted uh, to the AHL a few months later. Uh, ben Bishop made his start uh, start in this game. <laughs> yeah, so, that's, that, that was the, 
Yeah. That was so great. Yeah, in that game. But uh, no, this game in particular, um, well, they they referenced uh, uh, Alexander Steen and David Perron uh, when they won the cup. They referenced this season when they were talking. I don't remember what interviews it was, but I know both of them had brought it up that this felt like that season in 2009 when they just went on a ridiculous turn and it was because of this game that that's i remember them talking throughout the season um you know what was the turnaround and, and everybody said david Baggis's goal with less than a second left against the bruins like that was the the rallying moment for the blues and let's not forget the most important factor of why the turnaround happened that season eric brewer did not play a game <laughs> The the he only was, was the rest of that season, the only season uh, with the Blues that they, he played with the Blues, they made the playoffs, and he didn't play. <laughs> yep, coincidence. All year. Yeah, Go figure. Go figure. Yep. What a terrible yeah. catch. Terrible. Player. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how I finished that up. <laughs> that was part of our trivia yeah, back in the day. It was. It was. <laughs> I think stuff. I, I think I had three questions in a row to start out. <laughs> Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> uh, January nineteenth, uh, eighteen ninety nine. That's right, eighteen ninety nine. The very first ice hockey game in St. Louis was played at the Ice Palace. Uh, Washington University lost two to one to an all Canadian team. I guess they don't have a name. It's, they refer to him as an all Canadian team. Um, so this was this is not blues news, but it's hockey news at St. Louis, and it's uh, it's pertinent, pertinent. So it's uh, uh, two to one, not not too bad for a thrown together uh, 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 team from uh, WashU, and it's the first ice hockey game official ice hockey game ever played in St. Louis. I assume, I mean that was a long time ago, but you you would have thought some colleges and things would have had club teams or something or. Surely people played ice hockey, just nothing official in the league, I guess, huh? Yeah. It's got to be the case. It has to be. Although, I who mean, knows? I'm looking at these, some of the names was... here. I'm not recognizing any of them, but I'm sure they were <laughs> yeah. some of the best names around in, for Canada. Uh, it's impressive that they only lost 2-1. to one. Yeah. I, I mean, it, the game was still nascent at this point, so... Um, that's true. In, in just reading, reading the the description <laughs> is <laughs> like the reporting from 1899. Right? It's so funny the verbiage that's used and everything. It's just the yeah. terms. Uh, it doesn't yeah. sound like the review of a hockey game at all. I mean, right. it does, but and, it's just different. And the while Canucks the both sides were a bit crude, <laughs> it's yeah. so polite. It's it's a polite review. <laughs> Before we get into the uh, Blues news, we can run through a, a couple NHL items in our rapid-fire hockey tidbits. Uh, tracking pucks temporarily discontinued by the NHL. Uh, concerns, concerns were raised about the puck's performance during the first few days of the 2020-21 season. After review, it was determined that the first supply of pucks did not receive the same precise finishing treatments during the offseason manufacturing process as were used during the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs. Whatever that means, the finishing treatments. Uh, they expect new tracking pucks to be available soon after appropriate quality testing has been done, and uh, pucks from the 19 and uh, 2020 season will be used until then. Uh, that's weird. Okay. Uh, I, First of all, the, 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 the treatment that they're talking about is they give every puck to Wayne Gretzky, and he rubs them on his hands, and he kisses it. 
and then he hands it back to the NHL. Did not think so, you were going to say hands. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about saying something else, but I thought, you know what? It's still early in the show. There might be some kids watching. <laughs> yes. That's never let's, uh, let's, not, <laughs> let's, not, let's not go after dark. Let's go Blues Radio right off the bat here. Um, and the second thing I want to say is um, apparently this only affected the second game of the Blues season. So here they're going to replay it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because they did say that the the, the ice looked terrible in, in Colorado. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of wondering if the there were, I mean, it was the puck and not the ice. Although I don't. I can't it's imagine be a combination, right? Yeah, you, yeah, I guess you wouldn't think the puck. You wouldn't think the lack of finishing treatments done on the puck would have caused it to be a visual thing. We could see how bad it was, right? I mean, it, I mean, it's not. I don't know. It, it has to be like a, a a feel thing for the players, right? How it feels on the stick, as opposed right. to how it I looks mean, on TV. It it seemed like it was bouncing quite a bit, and then I mean the the one goal that was completely was it the first goal where the puck just kind of died going back behind the net and you know wound up with a lose goal. Um, no, in uh, the oh, second the, the the blowout. Oh, oh um, okay. the blowout game. Um, it. I want to say, puck was going behind the net. Pareko and Kruger out there, and the. Krug thought the puck was going to come through to him, and then all of a sudden it winds up on McKinnon's stick with um, Landis Cog in front. Yeah, that was the third and, goal, I believe. Was that? Hmm. I could be I wrong, know. but it was Landis Cog's second. I remember that. That was his second goal. Well, the the his second goal was on the side of the net where he tucked it in uh, underneath Bennington. This is the first one oh, where he's wide open in the slot. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. I was thinking the wrong one. You're right. That was the first goal yeah. tonight. You're right. Sorry. I thought you were talking about the one where he tucked it in. No. No. My my color commentary is that far off that <laughs> I'm throwing you off. I just don't understand hockey. That's my issue. Mm. Um, I think we all know if you've ever seen me play. <laughs> um <laughs> No, I will say uh, I did. I didn't notice so much in the second game as as much as we want to joke about it. But the first game, there was a couple weird bounces off the glass that I noticed. And last night, I remember there was one spot in particular, and it was the first thing I thought of when I saw this uh, announcement today, where somebody, I think one of the Blues, rimmed it around the boards, and it literally just, I mean, it popped right out in a weird angle. And Dubnik was like, what the hell? I mean, luckily for the Sharks, there was no Blues players around. I think they were making a line change. But, I mean, it. yeah, we see that every now and then. But the the weird bounce it took, it was something that you normally don't see at Scott, at uh, Enterprise Center. And so it, it, it made me wonder. I'm like, I wonder if it was something with these tracking pucks that caused that. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes have five players test positive for COVID. So tonight's game between the Hurricanes and the Predators has been postponed. So I guess the Dallas and Carolina now, and this just, I mean, this is going to be a fairly common thing. You would think with teams, it's going to happen to every team. It's got to. Yep. Right. I mean, it's, I don't think it's going to be something we can avoid. Well, I was going to ask you, Kurt, you might know, um, did, did this, did COVID affect every team in the MLB at some point this season, this past season, or was it, was it just a damn near close to every team? 
I would say I would I would I, don't, I want to say almost every team at least had a couple games rescheduled because the other team had it or something. I don't know if it affected every team, um, but it would not surprise me in the least if it uh, did affect every team. I know it affected a lot of teams. Yeah. So. I I think I, I mean, I agree 100%. That's just, they built it into the schedule. They've got uh, extra time built in for rescheduled games. Um, it's just, this is something we'll probably mention every week, uh, if not every week, every other week. So it's not shocking. Hopefully everybody comes back healthy and there's nobody complaining. Well, our team was terrible because everyone had COVID. So hopefully we don't have to hear that. I'm telling you, you better be prepared because when I yank it out, everybody in that audience, with the exception of my wife, is going to be running for the exits. Not only is Manscaped the hands-down industry leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, but they have some big news. Manscaped has just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over and at all times. Who knew smelling this good could feel this good too? Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code LGB at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code LGB. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. Everyone knows Manscaped has the uh, the perfect package uh, 3.0 for all of your below-the-waist grooming needs, but they didn't stop there. No, they did not. Uh, complete your grooming game with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. I actually had a compliment on the uh, the uh, cologne by Manscaped the other day. Oh, I did. you hit on, son? Yeah, by a lady. <laughs> oh, look yeah. at you, man. Yeah. First time a lady's yeah. ever talked to you, huh? Uh, yeah, and it was a nervous hole. I didn't know what to say. Uh, but the <laughs> cologne, thankfully, did the talking for me. <laughs> What do I do with my hands? <laughs> where do these go? <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll give them to you and you put them where you want them to go. <laughs> There's your new pickup line, folks. There you go. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing with your hands? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> uh, no, I've, I've, uh, similar. I, um, <laughs> well, my my mom smelled it on me and gave me a compliment and said that smells really nice and i was like you know so your story was better but uh no it's it's a great scent <laughs> <laughs> and you can uh like the uh promo said you get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code lgb at manscape.com so uh it's time to feel sexy uh, AC Generator, who has uh, been in the YouTube chat before. He's already won our comment of the show, folks. Dallas, Columbus, Carolina. They should have had Pfizer sponsor the Central. Oh. Nice. I like it. I like nice. it a lot. Uh, so the uh, the two games in Colorado, um, the season opener, impressive, 4-1 to one win. Uh, we, 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 we did a pregame show before this show, and uh, Jeff broke the news to us that uh, – uh, Hoffman would not be playing because of visa issues. So the Blues, fairly dominant, you know, first and third periods. Uh, Colorado had a nice pushback in the second. Took it to the Blues. Uh, couldn't score, though. Um, after Colorado scored early in the first period, the Blues scored four unanswered and uh, two in the second. Uh, two, in the, uh, two in the second and uh, two in the third. I got two in the first. It was two in the second, right? Yeah. No, two in the first. Sorry. 
two in the first and yeah, two, two in, in the, the first. first. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Uh, Sunquist scored twice. Cairo Clifford also scored. Uh, Bennington stopped 26, 27, looked strong. Um, and JR posted this on Twitter and uh, said at one point in the third period, the Blues held the puck in the Av zone for a minute and 40 straight and had 31 touches by Blues players before the Avs could touch it. So it, it switched hands 31 times for the Blues uh, and before the Avs touched it. That's, that's amazing. That and is so amazing. Every, like every player on the Avs for the Blues touched it six times. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty insane. <laughs> before the Avs could even touch the puck. That was nuts. I go and I go entire periods without touching the puck, so it's that's that's impressive. <laughs> Granted, I'm only allowed to play one shift a game because nobody trusts me. But no, that's uh, I mean that is they were dominant. I mean this game was you know we're gonna break down the second and third game of the season a little bit more than than this one. But you know what can't be said about how they played. Um, it, they they were just all over the ice. Uh, even in the second when Colorado had a pushback, it was uh, Jordan Bennington coming up huge, having some great saves, and uh, defense looking great. Uh, Colorado did not look like a Stanley Cup favorite, um, and I give more credit to the Blues on their play than take away from Colorado. Um, I think the Blues just outworked them, outbeat them. And it was a, a very nice performance for the first game of the season. Uh, Sammy Blay was suspended two games for his hit on uh, uh, Devin Tays in this game. So thoughts on the suspension? Uh, social media kind of exploded. And, uh, you know, a lot of it, you always you always wonder when a team gets hit with a suspension by the league, um, you know, the team's fans th- cry outrage, right? Um, and... And there's somewhat of a different opinion amongst other fans. Usually, this is the way it goes at homerism. But uh, your your thoughts on the suspension in the most unhomeristic, unbiased way that you can present it possible? <laughs> what do you? What would you say? Maybe, I mean, maybe I'm just a purist. Um, I looked at that play, and I at first I didn't even like the penalty because I thought it was completely uh, coincidental. I, you saw Blaze reaction after the hit. I think he thought, oh, shit, I did not mean to do that. And it was just a – but then again, you know, I, I look back and I say, okay, you know, they're cracking down on head, head shots. Yes, okay, penalty's fine. You know, watching the replay, I said, okay, give him a penalty. And I even said, I go, God, they're going to suspend him, and it's going to piss me off because it wasn't intentional to me. It was clear that that was not an intentional play. And for those saying that Sammy Blaze is a repeat offender – He's not. He's not. By NHL standards, he is not a repeat offender. So this was just a, a head-scratching suspension to me. I thought, you know, uh, Kurt, you know, you you broke it down pretty good, actually, in our chat uh, that we had. Um, I'm, I'll let you take the ball here. You know, you you uh, you had some good thoughts on it. Well, my, my, my take is this, is that so Taze is coming from one side of the goal. Uh, round behind the net and Blaze coming from the other side. And Taze looks up and sees Blay when they're like six, seven feet apart, you know, eight feet apart, you know, from when they're both sides of the goal going behind the net. So he sees him coming. He knows his, he knows that Blay is going to come either and get hit or it's going to be a, a whatever. And what, it, what does Taze do right before uh, impact? He puts his head down 
and does not brace for any kind of contact whatsoever and and reaches for the puck and Belay reaches for the puck too. They both touch the puck at the exact same time as the pucks on the boards. I had people on uh, social media say that, uh, you know, Taze shot the puck on the boards and Belay hit him. That wasn't the case at all. No. They both, they both, and I, I got a, st- a freeze frame of the, of the frame of the play. And it's, and it's a fraction of a, it's like a couple inches before Blay makes contact with Taze and both of their sticks are on the puck as the pucks against yep. the boards. They got there at the same time. Um, and, uh, and then Blaze's shoulder makes contact with, uh, Taze's head. And yeah, it was, it was, it was, head was the principal point of contact. There's no getting around that. That's what it was. Uh, but to, and, and looking at this rationally, uh, what's, what is Blaze supposed to do? I, I, he, where's he supposed to go? There's not a lot of room behind the net. He, some people are saying, well, he's got to avoid contact. How is he going to avoid contact? He, he almost he tried to. He braced for contact. He didn't lay into him. He braced for contact, so he didn't get laid out, you know, or clotheslined or whatever. Um, he did, if he wanted to destroy Taze, he could have killed him because Taze puts his head down and, and uh, uh, reaches out for the puck and puts himself in an extremely vulnerable position. I, I, I don't... Just because the head was the principal point of contact, okay, I could, uh, I, I, okay, I guess they're probably going to give him a game for that. I didn't like it, just because of the situation led up to it. Taze saw Blay coming. It's not like Blay blindsided him. It's not like it was hit from behind uh, against the boards where he didn't see him coming. He knew he was there. He was, he was I, and to give him two games, it's like two games is almost like a, a statement saying that uh, Blay it was intentional. And that's, I, to me, that I don't see that at all, especially with some of the stuff that was let go uh, recently, uh, the one on Bertuzzo in the next game. Uh, and there was another play, uh, I forgot the team involved in the player, uh, worse at center ice uh, that yeah. wasn't even reviewed. So, uh, Dowd, right? Dowd. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. So, uh, Bill, uh, Bill's back. We're, if, if, if Bill's, <laughs> Bill's trying I'm, to uh, sidestep his uh, internet issues. Bill, I'll, uh, I'll give yeah. you a little rundown on, on what we've already said. I didn't like it. Kurt didn't like it. And he kind of went over what he said to us uh, earlier last or late last week, I guess. So um, anything you want to add to the Blaze suspension? Oh, I loved it. Oh, no, that's not <laughs> <laughs> Let's have uh, a Donnybrook. <laughs> yeah, no, it, you know, absolute horseshit um, is the only way that I can put it, um, especially, you know, with the the lack of any review on Nuchuskin for, for hitting Bortuzzo. Um, you know, I, I know we've talked before about how the, the standard shouldn't be suspended the injury, but... If, the hit on Bortuzzo was the kind of hit that they don't want in the league anymore. Um, you know, I thought I thought the Blay hit was much more incidental, um, whereas Nechuskin drove Bortuzzo into the boards. Just absolutely should have at least had a hearing. And uh, the only thing we got was uh, Jim Thomas tweeting out, "League's not going to review it." Yeah. No. And, yeah. Right. And, and, you know, just, I, I do one of the few Twitter alerts that I actually have set up is uh, when the DPOS tweets and, you know, they should probably come up with a new name for it because it's just the department of shit. Yeah. It's, right. 
it's bad. I, I agree, and I, I um, shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with Bill. Um, I'll just add that with the Portuzo hit um, in the next game. You know, it's funny because like I looked at that one, and I, I at the time when you know I know Darren Pang uh, kind of jumped all over that, and 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 well, I'll get to a uh, comment on something Bill just said in a second, but I actually didn't hate that one either, just because I don't think I I know he came up on Bortuzzo, but I feel like again that he was coming for his shoulder and just kind of went a little too high and missed. Um, See, that's but different though. I will say, I will say, having said that 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 was a worse hit than Sammy Blay. Nishushkin is the one, if you look at the two hits, that's the one that breaks the rules more than Sammy Blay's hit because Blay was unintentional. Uh, Taves' head was down. Everything Nishushkin did on that hit was completely illegal. Again, not not something that, that I enjoy um, admitting, but I, I, I personally would have been fine with them just washing away both hits, no suspension for either player, I don't think we'd even be talking about it, to be honest. Well, Taze left the game for concussion protocol. Was deemed to be fine, no effects. So he they let him then they he returned to the game. Bortuzzo is now out with a concussion. So you know, the league likes to take, you know, after the fact stuff into account. Nothing was I mean, that didn't apply in either case. So it's it's so backwards, uh, those two plays, I think. Um and I uh but it's not surprising in the least because this happens every what month or so in the NHL. There's a there's a controversial hit, and the Department of Player Safety comes down with a ruling that 85 percent of the of the fans are like, "What the fuck was that?" You know, it's like right. I, 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 who it, it doesn't make any sense half the time. Right, and all of the comments on both the uh, the Blaze suspension video and the the one from the Pittsburgh game. Um, where, you know, the wheel of justice is back. And, and that's the thing, like, you know, I know, I know a little bit about, you know, uh, having a disciplinary program, uh, you know, that in the workplace and the only way you ever have credence is if you are consistent and that's the one thing the NHL just cannot do. Um, there isn't, you know, it, there should be, if they're going to publicly review any hits, you know, that that result in, you know, in, in injury, they, they need to do it for all of them, right? You can't just pick and choose and say, you know, through, through a media mouthpiece, oh, we're not going to take a look at that. You know, otherwise, you know, there you come off as as a clown organization with the wheel of justice. I'm I'm willing to admit, and I think it's pretty obvious that it's really hard to be accurately consistent, right, with with with, with some of these hits because so much is left up to interpretation as far as what happens and uh, and the play and and I can understand the the the, the you know coming down to inches this way, inches that way, uh, what's intentional, what isn't, um, what part of the body hit uh, part of the body first, if it's, if it's close. I get that it's hard to be precisely consistent, but it just seems like they're just so wildly inconsistent 
Uh, they're not right. even close. In, not even close right. to being consistent. In, in you know, the every play is going to be different, and every play is going to be viewed subjectively. But that's not what's inconsistent. What's inconsistent is is the application. Every controversial hit needs to be given the same review process, including the public end of it. I'm sure you know they they have meetings all the time, and they're only going to you know bring to the forefront you know plays that are you know have been penalized in a game, or they've got to have some kind of standard. But what they really should do, if they want to get away from this idea of the wheel of justice, is review every play, put it out there publicly. Otherwise, it looks like you're an undermanned organization that is cherry picking and only going for you know, certain hits certain teams and of course you know we as blues fans feel hard done by and yeah i mean I, I and i'm not i'm not going to go down the uh conspiracy theory biased against teams i've never bought into any of that nonsense with referees or yeah. or department player safety i've never bought into that whatsoever it's it's absurd to me uh but you know i i, I get exactly what you're saying uh with that uh St. Louis did get uh, the second best ratings for all three opening night games on NBCSN. Uh, Pittsburgh was number one, St. Louis number two, and Tampa Bay number three. So, uh, and I think I commented on JR's tweet for this uh, online. It was uh, par for the course, you know. Uh, St. Louis has always done very well in TV ratings, and this is just uh, another example of that. So, but of course, Kansas. Louis, St. Louis and Tampa were in the Sun Belt. We don't care about hockey. So which which games was this for? Because the the triple header, NBCSN triple header. Tri- yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that makes a ton of sense. Sure. Because I'm sure the Blues ratings in the uh, the next two games haven't been that great because nobody in the local market can watch them. <laughs> That's a good point because people are getting their games in while they can, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, but it was all three games. It wasn't just the Blues, so it was uh, that was that was the Blues and was in one of the three. But over across all three games, uh, St. Louis did finish second, so that was good to see. Uh, game uh, number two against uh, the Avalanche, um, Hoffman's visa issues were, issues were fixed. His first game as a Blue, eight nothing loss. Uh, as good as the Blues played in the first game, I you know Bennington was pulled after the second. Huso makes his NHL debut. Um, yeah, O'Reilly. While you, real quick, I'm sorry. While while you're on goaltending, I do want to talk real quick because obviously I think that's that's the you look at an eight nothing score and you say the goalies and the defense were awful. Well, the defense was um, mm-hmm. no. I mean, it, Bill mentioned the the first goal by Landis Cog all alone in the slot. Nobody even close. Um, just and the we'll get into the penalty kill issues, but. I mean, the penalty kill, awful. Um, I actually re-watched, uh, well, I actually watched the condensed game on uh, NHL TV after the game because I zoned out after it was 4 nothing, And um, it, uh, Bennington had a real, some great fucking saves, especially in the first period. Oh, the first period, he was really good, he, yeah. He was unbelievable. And it, you just kept thinking, you know, because you think back to, to the you know game seven of Boston always that's always going to be the game we talk about but you know it's you know you see the big saves from Bennington and then the Blues just carry it down and score you know Bennington has ten saves Blues have two shots on net and one goes in you know it's that's what you think is going to happen when you see that type of play out of your goaltender 
but the Blues just, they did not have it that night. Um, if you want to talk about, and maybe Bill, maybe you can speak to this a little more in terms of the four goals that Bennington gave up in the first two periods. The only one that I would really say maybe he could have had was the one that I mentioned earlier, Landis Cog's second, where he was on the side of the net and he tucked it in. Uh, Bennington probably could have been a little stronger on the post there. But other than that, um, and even that one is, is I would say, still a, a skilled, smart goal by Landis Cog to put it where he did. But outside of that, I thought Bennington still had an unbelievably great night and really kept giving Blues fans hope that his great play is going to lead to some offense. Yeah, no, agree with that completely. I mean, the the first goal of this game wasn't scored until three minutes and three plus minutes into the second period. Bennington yeah. really played very well in the first period, um, and I agree. You know, he he should have had the the pad sealed uh, on the Landis Cog second goal. Um, should have got that down to the ice quicker and sealed it. Um, but you know, apart from that, I thought it, you know it, it was. Uh, him not coming out for the uh, the third period was, uh, you know, Ruby identifying that, you know, it's a throwaway game at this point. Um, give Huso a chance to get in there, you know, throw him to the wolves a little bit, um, but don't totally destroy Bennington's confidence. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, I didn't have a whole lot of hope that the Blues were going to magically get better in front of Huso. And, it, you know, I, I I again wouldn't fault him for uh, for most of the goals that were scored. Uh, you know, maybe a softie here or there, but the defense was just god awful. I felt bad for Huso. I really did. Uh, I O'Reilly on the loss uh, said uh, we embarrassed ourselves tonight. That was very disappointing. The thing is, we came into the game and you could tell we just didn't have the detail in. The little things steamrolled into big things. I thought Benner played outstanding the time he was in the nets. He made some huge ones. Uh, he was our best player tonight by far. It's embarrassing that we did what we did in front of him. We have to find a way to shut it down and find something, and we didn't. We let him out to dry. We let Husu out to dry, which I agree with completely. Um, worst performance in franchise history. I said this seriously, though. I said that seriously. I mean, I'm not, you know, I, as far as what I can remember, you know, my lifetime uh, from watching Blues hockey, 35, six, whatever it is, years, um, I cannot recall a start to finish worse game played by the Blues. I may have seen two good shifts in this game. Yeah, there wasn't was a lot. I mean, it was terrible. such a night and day difference from the two nights before. All, all I wanted to add uh, to, to Riley's comments, uh, in my circles at least, I've been hearing that, I don't know if you guys have heard this, apparently he chewed the team out in the locker room Good after the game. Good. Uh, apparently <laughs> Good. he went off on the team. So if, if you're wondering what kind of captain O'Reilly is, if there's any truth to that, uh, he's a very passionate guy because – yeah, that was ugly. And if he did chew them out, they deserved it. Five power Absolutely. play goals. Go, Bill. I was just going to say, um, you know, the last point on O'Reilly, um, his quotes to the media, um, you have to imagine that he sounded more like uh, Mark Forward and Letterkenny. Fucking embarrassing, boys. <laughs> imagine there was a trash can kicked. And yeah. I, I, I hope that's true. Um, I, yeah. I, I, Me too. You know. 
he can't just be a lead by example captain. I mean, he would be the best lead by example yeah. captain. Yeah. But he, th- you can't just be that. You, Not you have after to be vocal. You have to call people out when they're shit. Yeah. When after a game like that, you have to. Uh, five power play goals against. Uh, no power play goals for again. Uh, massive contrast first two games. Um, so uh, and again, we talked worst, about the worst performance in franchise history. Is your question? Um, since I saw you bring that question up earlier with us, I I can't think. I mean, I can think of more demoralizing losses, obviously, but in terms of performance mm-hmm. in a sixty-minute sure. span, it's 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 hard to argue. I mean, five power play goals against. How many penalties did they have? Seven, I think. I mean, eight, that's eight. That... I think I think eight. You think back to the uh, the the last place team in 05-06, and it's. It, was there a game that was worse than that? It, Probably I, not. I mean, if you can, if you can find a, if you can give me a, a worse regular season or playoff game. Uh, I mean, yeah, like you said, there's been more demoralizing ones, like heartbreaking losses. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> Where the, the St. Louis Blues, I mean, Blues fans know about heartbreak, but as far as just like worst performance, start to finish, this is it for me. This is it. So yeah. I I can't remember the the final score, but I do recall a game, you know, it in the uh, I want to say it was fourteen fifteen season where um, they were on a nice little hot streak and went to Columbus and I think got trounced like seven to two or something that that may be close, um, but for for a team with the expectations that the Blues have, especially after coming out and you know really shutting down the Avalanche and the first game you know that the odds on stanley cup favorite as you know everybody on nbc sn let us know um it's it, it really was a terrible letdown game and if not for jordan biddington uh, in the first period you know that's a double digit score uh we've got uh aj strong from uh teal town usa that'll be with us to discuss the uh, blues and sharks uh, after the break are you living your best life? Although I can't say I'm definitely living mine as well as I could, I was put on the right path by ID Life, the world's only personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment and your DNA. ID Life understands that no two people are the same. That's why ID Life uses original products that help you reach your goals, whether it be for weight loss, skincare, energy, or anything else. All products are non-GMO, gluten, and soy-free, and don't include artificial sweeteners. And through January, try the burn box which will save you some money this month on various products becoming a vip member and ordering a burn box provides you with an additional 20 percent off as well and this price will be locked in through 2021 if you sign up now vips save 15 to 20 percent off every order and include many other benefits check out rockinthatidlife.com and speak with my friend dustin about how id life can guide you through your life advancement journey that's rockinthatidlife.com and tell them let's go blues radio sent you uh, we're back and uh, welcome AJ Strong from Teal Town USA to the show. Good friend of the show, AJ Strong. How are you doing, AJ? Pretty good. How are you guys doing? We are uh, doing better after last night uh, compared to game two, I guess. But uh, uh, you probably aren't feeling as good as we are right now, personally. But uh, I, I, we, before we get started, I want we, we we talked about it earlier. And it was before you were you had joined in the in, in backstage. But uh, AJ Strong, that's got to be like a stage name, right? I mean, this, that's too cool of a name to be like real, right? <laughs> no, nope. born, born with it, sirs. <laughs> All that's right. fantastic. 
Yeah. Kudos to your parents. Yeah, good job. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, AJ, I got a, I got a question for you. You trying to pull a uh, Rob Lowe there when he was uh, wearing the NFL hat and everybody made fun of him? You're wearing oh. just an NHL hat there. Look at that. What? I got my Sharks hoodie on. I got a Sharks hoodie on too, but I've never actually seen somebody just wear an NHL hat. That's interesting. I had a white. I he's got the black. I had as a kid. I had a white one. A white NHL hat. No, they uh, they got these at the uh, Sharks team shop. So Actually, I like, caught that and I was like, hey, hey see, there well, you go. Okay, that is slick. And that mine's old nice. school. Mine's mine's the old logo too, so it's old. But yeah. And this is actually signed by a ton of uh, Blues from probably ninety four or five. And I gotta say, uh, if it was signed with by a bunch of uh, officials, but okay, <laughs> <laughs> that'd been cooler. That yeah. now, that would have been interesting. Um, Andy Van Helman. I will say, Adam, Adam Gold has a uh, has a great response in the Facebook chat. Worst regular season game was Brett Hall jersey retirement night, mm. December fifth, two thousand six. I'm actually gonna pull up that it box was, score real quick. That was like six nothing, I, wasn't it? It was an ugly game. I remember that. It was bad. Uh, it was, I, that was a terrible I game. I was at that game. That was oh, a very bad God. game. My dad, my dad got great tickets for us. We sat real long. 5-1 was the final. As bad as um, that game was, not 8 nothing. Yeah. Henrik <laughs> Zetterberg with a power play goal two minutes in. Then Dotsuk scored right after. Uh, looks like the Blues added a late third period goal to beat the shutout. Eric Brewer with his first of the season. Uh, see all those brewer teams shorthanded <laughs> yep shorthanded from the get-go i remember a game in what 92 93 somewhere in there theo flurry had like eight points and a 9-2 uh win over the sharks that uh, was uh that was pretty demoralizing uh, but every team gets them you know i, I remember being at a game uh i think the sharks were i want to say it was the hurricanes and uh, with about five minutes left in the game, you had Sharks fans screaming, "We want 10. because we, you know, we were up, I think, nine to three in that game. Uh, you know, you post them, and and then sometimes you get roasted. So it happens. Uh, so talk to us about not having hockey for ten months. Was it about ten months that the Sharks were off, more or less? Oh yeah. After yeah yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, that's 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 got to be something that uh, that's a new thing. Uh, a new thing. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I, I didn't mind the break. <laughs> I mean, I would have liked to have seen playoff hockey, of course, with the with the Sharks being involved in it. But uh, you know, if you if it's your average fan, you're probably going, "Oh my God, yeah, I need some hockey." Uh, when you're you know part of a group that does podcasting and everything like that, and you've got a lot of stuff as a passion project, you kind of go, "Hey, you know what? It'd be nice to have a month or two off that you just kind of breathe." You know, that's uh, that's you know because Jeff uh, takes uh, the reins uh, over the summer and does a lot of uh, interviews and, and stuff like that with the with the show, and and Bill and I typically take summer off, which I'm not gonna lie, I like it. <laughs> well, it's it's agreed for me on. It's it's a different type of show, so it it still is like a kind of a break from what we normally do. So it's it's just my my ability to like transition and do something different that um, that makes it worthwhile. But yeah, if if I was still like I'm gonna do a live show every week without Kurt and Bill, like I would absolutely hate my life. <laughs> 
So what, what's the situation uh, with uh, with the Santa Clara County and the ban on contact sports uh, as far as the Sharks are concerned? No word yet or what? Not really. I mean, the last I've looked, like primarily the Northern California counties, uh, they've they've kind of set this glass ceiling, if you will, that it's like once ICU bed capacity reaches 15%, uh, they just kind of switch the button and everything goes on lockdown and well, not necessarily lockdown, but say a month, month and a half ago, you could go out to a local store, whatever, a drug store, whoever, and everybody, you know, for the most part, you keep your distance and whatnot, but there wasn't anybody outside like saying, okay, you know, like a bouncer with a clicker going, okay, this many people allowed were at capacity. You didn't have any of that. But over the last couple of weeks, I'm seeing that in certain places where they're limiting the amount of people that can come in. Um, I got to tell you, you know, the Sharks so far, I've been on media calls for the last three or four days. Sharks have no word right now as to whether those games starting at the beginning of February, because, you know, the Sharks have it's eight consecutive games on the road. They're supposed to start the beginning of February. And right now there's been no word. And as far as I know, there are no options for them in Northern California. They're not going to play at the Oakland Coliseum where the Warriors used to play. Chase Center where the Warriors currently play. Not an option. Nobody wants the Cow Palace again. So, uh, <laughs> but the weird thing is that why is it the LA Kings can host games in SoCal, but the Sharks can't? I don't know. Different, uh, different uh, local restrictions, I guess, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. But Remains to be seen. I, who knows if they end up back in Arizona hosting games or God help us Vegas. <laughs> I, I want to get, I want to get your opinion on that. If, if uh, let's say they're hosting games in Arizona, um, obviously, you know, I know they probably pump in the shark music and, and all that, but obviously the, the rink's different. It's, it's a different, it, do, you, do, do you think it really takes away from a, a home atmosphere for the sharks if they're not in their actual home rink? I, w I would hope it wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, maybe the boards are going to play a little differently than they're used to. But, again, how used to it can you be when you haven't played there in 10 months? You know? If anything, I guess you got to trade out the advertising on the boards for the – for the. so you have right. Sharks advertisers there. But other than that, I mean, eh. Get the logo at center, too. Probably not going to switch. Oh, we, we can't, uh, <laughs> you know, on uh, – what is it? They can't superimpose it. On the, I mean, if they can do it on the glass behind the net, so you think they can figure out a way to do it on the ice? And it, I imagine it'd be something like the uh, the first down marker in football, where your players go over it, and it's uh, it works, but it's not. Uh, how's it going to work with? I know that the reason why they use the colors they do is because no other colors appear in the uniforms and things on the lines on the field that they do that with. So, so if a player goes over the line, it's they know the player goes over the line, and there's not no confusion with color. But if you got a logo of center ice with three or four colors in it, and yeah, I don't know, that'd be interesting. Well, well, and then not to mention that this year is the Sharks' thirtieth, so there's supposed to be a special logo, right? I, you know what? I mean, that's still we're still uh, what is it? A couple weeks away, twelve days away from the supposed to be home opener, right? Is it February first or February? Uh, yeah, Monday, February first. Uh, interestingly enough, against the Golden Knights. I mean. I don't know if there's any events scheduled in Vegas at that time, but maybe they flip them and say, yeah. okay, you know what? Right now we still can't play in San Jose, so we're going to play these in Vegas. That would make sense to me. Just just have it in their building. I mean, 
you take the fans out of the equation, it's not ridiculous. So I was going to say, I can't imagine that T-Mobile has events booked. That's <laughs> 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 true. <laughs> I think they're having yeah. um I think they're having my uh my my haircut booked there. Uh they're gonna open up the audience, let people see uh me cut my hair. It's gonna be really interesting. There you go. Pay per view. I'm paying people to come actually. <laughs> that's that's what I meant by pay per view. You pay them, they show up. Nice. Uh Gunnarsson, uh as far as the blues and sharks are concerned, uh, the game last night, uh Gunnarsson was in for Bertuzzo, who was out with a concussion, which we just talked about. Um, and, uh, the first period, uh, I think this game for the blues, as far as the blues are concerned, uh, this was, I was very interested to see how they were going to come out in this game after, uh, how they played against, uh, Colorado, uh, last game to get in the eight, nothing shellacking. Um, and, uh, blues won this one five to four in a back and forth seesaw game, um, that saw, had some interesting, uh, plays, interesting goals, um, I thought, um, and you can you can rebute this if you re- want there, uh, AJ. But I, I was gonna say that I think uh, uh, the Blues outplayed San Jose in the first period, uh, thirteen to eight uh, shots on goal. I thought Dubnik was fantastic, um, uh, especially in the first period in this game. I thought, uh, and Jeff and I had a back and forth on Twitter earlier today about uh, about his play later. But um, I thought uh, San Jose uh, up two nothing, uh, opportunistic in their chances. Uh, LeBlanc uh, uh, scoring the. Uh, First goal on reflection from the point by Burns, uh, been to a screened and uh, I don't know your your take on the uh, the Sharks in the first period as far as how they how they. All play. right, before AJ answers, I want to add that uh, Arizona and San Jose played before this and they split, so uh, the the two teams came in with the same record coming into this game. But yes, AJ, your thoughts? Well, I'll just say that second game against Arizona, the Sharks were a little embarrassed as well and very well should have been. So I was definitely interested to see how this game was going to shake out. Um, Look, if hockey games were only 20 minutes long, the Sharks would look great. But (laughs) (laughs) the fact of the matter is, is that they are just getting destroyed in the second period. Like you said, first period, you get Dubnik in there. Now remember, Jones got yanked in the game the second one against Arizona with about 13 minutes left. When you look at that, it seemed like a kind of an odd time to pull him because you were only down by a couple. Maybe you're doing that to send a message, but I don't know. It just, it came off a little bit as waving the white flag in that result. So either way you get Dubnik and yeah, he looked, I thought he looked solid in that first 20, but like I said, you know, the, the Sharks, have been solid in the first 20 there goals for six goals against two first period is great second period goals for one goals against seven yeah so yeah the second period has not been fun for san jose as as a blues fan and somebody who's covered this team well back when dubnik was on the wild um i covered them in the playoffs at like actually with the media and dubnik was a just a blues killer um, at that point in his career. And uh, it was one of those moments. Now, obviously, the Blues have played pretty well against him lately uh, on the late, uh, the wild teams as of late. But um, it, that game, when you're watching that first period, Kurt mentioned the great play and 13 shots on Devin Dubnik. Blues fans are sitting there thinking, I know my wife said the same thing. She just, oh my God, he's going to do it again. He's just going to, the Blues are going to get 50 shots on goal and he's going to shut them out. And it's just, I think the Blues are going to wear him down, but 
yes, that, that was the thought after the first period. Because like Kurt said, this was a very much a Blues-dominated period. And and the Sharks capitalized. They just, they they took the opportunities. Obviously, the Blues penalty kill is just horse shit right now. <laughs> I mean, you literally, literally put horse shit in the middle of the rink. And it's probably better than the Blues penalty kill. Because then maybe, it's... maybe they'll step on it and they'll fall and what's... lose the puck. What's a what's a good what's a good penalty kill percentage to you, Jeff? What, what what would you like your team to have as a PK percentage? I mean, anything above ninety, right? It's good, right? Blues are at forty right now. <laughs> no, I, I, I I said it last night on Twitter uh, during the game. I said, whatever the Blues penalty kill is now, it's the exact opposite of what the Sharks were last season where it was the only thing the Sharks did right. The number one penalty kill. That's They couldn't do anything else, but for some reason, it all came together on the penalty kill. Well, right now we're yeah, last in the PK and last on the power play. <laughs> so, right. well, small sample size. Three yeah, I know, I know. I get it. <laughs> but still. In no, the, I will... the worrying part, I was going to say the worrying part is the, you know, is the penalty kill um, power play. It takes time to come together. Um, I agree. Hopefully, hopefully the loss of Ortuzo is, you know, an exacerbating factor here. You know, he, he's a, a great puck block shot blocking defenseman um, and not having him out there uh, definitely hurts. Um, you know, that the, on the, um, uh, the one power play goal by Burns, uh, I thought, Falk and Scandella had no, absolutely no chemistry and both collapsed to the corner and yes. uh, Burns was yes. left alone out front. Just yeah. absolutely disgusting. That was terrible. Um, just, yeah, it, it's, that's the one thing they've got to fix. The power play will come around eventually. <laughs> we're used to, we're used to real slow starts in the power play here. So anytime, yeah, anytime it, you're playing you know, defense and I'm sure Jeff can attend to this. If, Jeff, if you're playing defense and you go into a corner and you look to your right and you see your defensive partner in the corner with you, you're like, uh-oh, <laughs> yep. this is wrong. Yep. This is bad. <laughs> yep. And I remember in a, uh, in a championship game once, we were, uh, we were tied 1-1, and it was late in the third period, and I was battling with a guy in the corner, and I hear my, my defensive partner yelling, uh, to the right, to the right, and I look up, and he is right there. And I'm just, <laughs> dude, get the hell out of here. What are you doing? I'm going to freeze it. And he's like, what? And I look, I'm like, go to the net. And there was two guys standing in front of the net. I'm like, what are you doing? So yeah, that is, uh, that is not something you want to see as a defenseman. So yes, it's, it's bad. And, and the something, yeah, separate, you, yeah, you gotta you shift back and forth. Yep. But no, I, I was just going to add real quick too, that, um, Darren Payne brought this up the other night and I actually, um, uh, had said this earlier too, uh, to my wife, uh, earlier in the game. I didn't really think about how without Bortuzzo in the lineup, without Petrangelo, without Steen, um, those are your top penalty killers from last season. So it's going to take some adjustment from the Blues using new guys on the PK, on their top PK. Um, so I'm, I'm okay. again, small sample size, like AJ said. I'm not too concerned. It's going, I mean, it literally can only get better from here. Uh, unless they're giving up a goal every single power or penalty, but they're going to get better. It's going to get better. Um, you just have to hope that it gets a lot better because it has been abysmal to start. The uh, well, the Blues trailed two nothing after the first period. Uh, San Jose's other goal in the first came on the the power play. Uh, not surprising. Uh, gaping net for 
Couture after a nice cross-ice pass. I thought this was a beautiful play. Uh, I guess when you look back on the replay and look for someone to blame, like after every goal you do for your team, I guess you could look at Sanford and Gunnarsson on this. Uh, Sanford lost hurdle as he cut down the middle. Um, it was caught watching the play a little bit. Um, but and maybe Gunnarsson was a little too deep uh, on top of Bennington when the pass came across. But other than that, I mean, I thought this was a this was a. I, when I saw this play, I'm like, oh my god! I just before I even shot it, I'm like, give him the goal. That's like, oh my god! <laughs> well, the Sharks, fantastic setup. The Sharks have kind of changed up their power play this season. You know, now that Bugner has the interim tag off, I guess he feels a little more comfortable installing this style. You also take into account too that the whole thing is heavier attack, more speed. You know, they bring in somebody like Matt Nieto um, to, to obviously has the feet. I don't know that he has the finish, but either way, they've kind of changed it up and they're playing this kind of one, three, one, but they want to get at least two forwards below the dots. And they want to kind of, you know, get that cross eye or that, that puck moving East West and to, you know, get the goalie moving. It used to, I mean, it seemed like forever. It was kind of like, all right, rim it around up to the point, whether it's Burns or somebody else. Okay, the big slapper. May, and if you're lucky, you get a rebound, you try to follow it up. And if you don't, boom, one and done, you're going the other way. So it appears that Bugner is trying to really push this po- possession, attack, and get lateral movement. Is Kevin LeBlanc, is he, I don't want to say the future of the offense, but that guy <laughs> is really... He's really impressed me. Like, not, and again, not not a guy that's going to put up 80 points, 90 points, but a guy that, that really seems to come up big when you need him to. Um, I remember he had a big game in game six of the 19 playoffs. Um, and then uh, a couple games last season, the Blues saw him. I know he, he played well. Is is he a guy you think that's, that's in the long-term plans for the Sharks? Because he's a guy that's really impressed me. Uh, I would hope he's in the long-term plans for the Sharks, uh, and I don't I don't mean to correct you on your own show, uh, but it's LeBanc. <laughs> Just a, a, around oh. here, it's, it's every time he scores, it's it's we've he, made a deposit because he's the banker. Je- Jeff's a big Friends fan. He's a big Matt LeBlanc fan. No, uh, I get yeah, you. Matt I, LeBlanc, yeah, <laughs> if, you know what? I have about my life, Matt LeBlanc's actually going to play me, so that's why. <laughs> but. Um, it's weird, you know, Kevin LeBake took a huge salary cut last season, signed a one-year deal only for $1 million. Uh, I, I'm sure he had the you, – you don't take that deal unless you've got kind of a nod and a wink from the GM saying, I'm going to take care of you next year. And so now it's four years, 4.7, and he had an awful season last year. Horrendous. Yeah. There are a lot of people surprised that he got this deal. Now – that said, the Sharks, yeah, you kind of do have to look to him to be your future because a couple of years ago, you decimated your right side. You let go of Joe Pavelski. You let go of uh, Gustav Nyquist. You let go of Jonas Donskoy. That was your entire right side. And all you ended up with is LeBanc. And and then when we were talking about special teams a minute ago with the penalty kill, you let go of uh, Barkley Goodrow huge, you know, penalty killer. He goes to Tampa and wins the cup. And then this offseason, you don't re-sign Melker Carlson, which was another huge penalty killer. I think that's one of the reasons why they got Matt Nieto in from Colorado is because he's he's a solid PKer. You're hoping Marcus Sorensen's going to be able to take up that slack. Uh, but Kevin LeBanc right now, 
I I think he's going to be part of what you do going forward, but I think it speaks more to the lack of depth on that right side. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, I thought he had a great game the other night. And um, I want to add a, a comment here from our YouTube chat. Slapshot Matt, which I don't believe we've had him before. I think we have a new live listener. Uh, Dubnik and Couture gave San Jose every chance they had the other night. And again, Couture, Kurt, let me ask you. Blues killer? Oh, He God. comes off as yeah. blues killer to me. Oh, I mean, yeah. I Dude. mean, the playoffs alone last year. Dude, 18, I mean, yeah. goal, 18, goals, 18 goals in 13 games against the Blues. Yeah. That's 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 that's, that's ridiculous. That's, <laughs> that's what Jerome McGinley used to put up against the Blues. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah, he's he's always impressive. But no, that's um uh apparently we've lost Bill for the night. Yeah, he's Uh-oh. uh he's having some bad internet issues right now. Tapped out, did he? Yep. I think he's 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 been frustrated. He's been frustrated all night with it. He's been had to he's probably had to reconnect about eight times. Oh jeez. Yep. I, yeah, that's I all right. We love, you, we love you, buddy. But um we got we got AJ holding down the fort here for you. Um but uh yeah, so you're gonna take the blunt of uh, uh Jimmy Anderson's messages on YouTube, AJ, because he usually goes after Bill. I think he's gonna go after <laughs> Um, but, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I was going to say, uh, Kurt, I think you mentioned the second goal, the hurdle goal. Um, again, you said, go ahead and give him that goal. That's a great goal, but how the passes across the crease in the blues PK, I mean, right. not even just the creek center of the ice. I mean, the blues just seem, I remember a drill that we had to do when I was playing high school hockey was uh, the penalty killers, our top penalty kill line. We would go out against the top power play, and we would um, we would have to go out and do a four-on-three with no sticks. And that way it teaches you to use your body to try and block the passing lanes. And listen, I am not – that is probably elementary to the Blues. That is probably elementary to Craig Berube. But – do what you can to get them to use their bodies and not just their sticks to block those passing lanes because, my God, that was just <laughs> – I love the picture. Good job, Kurt. <laughs> um, yeah, AJ, you ever notice that uh, Bill resembles uh, our friend uh, – uh, why am I drawing a blank on the Mike idiot's Milbury. name? Mike Milberry. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to come right out and say it, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I but mean no, – the penalty kill has just been, it's been atrocious. And, and you know, we can't say that enough on this show, but um, I just feel like do what you can to learn to clog up that middle because, my God, everything's getting through right now. Yeah, well, and like I said, Gunnarsson on that particular play, uh, when you when you break it down and you try and find uh, someone to blame uh, for that goal, um, as nice a setup as the play as it was, you're like, gosh, how could we, how could we have prevented this goal? And uh, you look at it and you think, well, Gunnarsson's right on top of Bennington. He probably shouldn't have been there because of how the setup was. He could have he could have shaded uh, weak side, uh, stepped out three or four feet from Bennington, didn't have to be on top of him, and he could have shaded weak side a little bit and taken that pass completely away, had maybe deflected it at least. Um, but you know it, that is what it is. I mean that 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 it's it's hard to play positionally perfect, um, and uh, I give the Sharks credit for uh, taking advantage of uh, of what the Blues had to give them there. So, well, let me ask you this: Do you think when you know that you're PK is just in the crapper. 
Do you think that that gets into the team's head a little bit and maybe they don't play with as much of an edge as they might want to because they're nervous yep. about getting called? Probably, yes. but uh, you wouldn't know it yet because they're taking a lot of penalties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 that is a concern because you obviously, I mean, if, if one of the keys of the game is to stay out of the box and you're stressing it because your PKs allowing you know better than, you know, only killing 40% of power plays, it's like, ah, then you got that to worry about. So you don't want people to play soft. You don't want people to play tentative. You want them to play aggressive. You want them to play confident. And you, you, you can't play aggressive and confident if you're scared, you're taking penalties. It's like it's like when you play a sport and you and you play not to get hurt, you're going to get hurt. So yep. it's, I mean, you, you can't play that way. You're not going to be very good. Well, and again, my, my level of hockey is elementary compared to the guys we talk about on this show. But I know for a fact that back when I was playing high school and, you know, we were kind of known as the heavier team, um, we did, we stopped taking penalties. We stopped playing aggressive because our penalty kill was awful. Every time we had a penalty kill, we had, we give up a goal. So it was the coach even told us guys, um, let's just try and skate with these guys. Let's not run them into the boards. And it was just, it was just bad because it was, we can't play to our full potential because we know that our penalty kill is going to give up goals. So, and by the way, I was part of that penalty kill proudly. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it's just, it's, it's bad. And, and you know that you are not going to be able to play to your maximum abilities if you're afraid of that. So that's why I think, I don't know, uh, Kurt, I don't know. I mean, again, uh, what Craig Ruby knows is far more than you and I will ever know, but I mean, my solution next game, you put out guys who are normally not penalty killers. They can't do any worse, right? Well, okay. Teach your <laughs> lesson. Barbashev has been on for five goals, five power play goals against in three games. So you you maybe don't play him for a while. Um, Stanford has been on for three against in three games. Uh, maybe don't play him for a while on the PK. And you go back and look at these goals and like, well, you know, were they responsible, you know, team game and all that stuff. Uh, I went back and looked at Sanford's goals because I had a, a guy on, on Twitter that uh, basically said, you know, we can't blame Sanford. He wasn't the fault of him. I, okay, let me go look. I went back and looked. I'm like, you can fault him on every single one of those damn goals. It was just, it, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, he was, you know, he was caught, caught puck watching on one. Uh, on the on the hurdle on the the play where hurdle uh, sneaks behind him and and uh, and they they get that nice pass across to Couture. Uh, I, I thought that was a a play that uh, he was that the Sharks took advantage of because he wasn't doing his job as well as he probably could have. Um, and uh, there was another play where he uh, backed off way too much, gave them uh, who was it uh, in Colorado? Um, oh, I forgot, but he backed off. They came in the zone, backed off way too much. There were two defensemen back with him, and he backs in with the defenseman. Yeah, I'm like, what are you doing? You, I mean, you, huh? uh, no, no, I don't think so. No. I don't think so. But uh, and they and it was a goal that beat Bennington, of course, because he they backed in so far. So you know, I mean, and there was another one too that he he could have made a better, had better a decision on. I I just given guys a free pass. You, you look at the guys who are not performing the PK right now, and again, small sample size that we talked about, but still. Uh, you, you change things up a little bit. Uh, take a guy off the PK, make him think about it. Uh, put somebody else in, give him a shot. That maybe they're hungry to to get some PK time, you know, uh, and see what happens. I mean, it, you don't 
Yeah, you don't have to be a good player to be a PK guy. You just got to be willing to sacrifice your body and uh, get your yeah. body in front of a puck. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know how much we'll get into this later, but you know, there's I, I think the Blues could use a shakeup on D, and uh, with Bertuzzo out, they called up McCullough, and I'd like to see him in a game. I say put him on the penalty kill. You tell these veterans. Hey, you're not getting it done. We're going to give it to the new guy and see what he does with it. And again, it's just one guy. But, I mean, Sanford is a guy that I've not been impressed with on the PK. And I correct me if I'm wrong, he wasn't used much on the PK last year, was he? I don't think. I know he wasn't used on the power play much. Um, but yeah. I, I, can't, I don't recall him a lot on the PK either, though. Yeah, I don't think he was. So I, I'd say go ahead and take him off. Put in somebody I mean, I don't know off the top of my head. Well, Sonny's already used a lot, but, you know, there's somebody else. You can give them a shot, maybe a Schwartz even. You know, give somebody else a shot on the PK and see what they do because, again, I feel like it can't get any worse. So just do whatever you can to make a change. A suggestion on Twitter was to uh, call up uh, De La Rose and put him on the PK. And I was like, I'm like hey, well, and to sit Clifford. And to play De La Rose since he I since mean, he would. You're sitting a guy yeah. that you can use in a lot of different situations, five on five, for a guy that you would specifically have out for a penalty kill specialist. I don't know if that's the right move. De La Rose is an NHL player; he's fine, but I don't know. I I'd rather have Clifford in the lineup. You know what? I mean, De La Rose is a fourth line guy at best. Yeah. Um, if, if 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 your solution to fix a, a power a penalty kill that's at forty percent is to uh, bring in a fringe NHLer uh, who uh, is fourth liner at best. I'm not sure that's going to do it for you, but may, I, who no. knows? Um, so anyway, with this game, uh, second period, uh, Falk and Hoffman uh, score in the second to tie it up. Hoffman, Hoffman's goal was his first as a blue. Um, a nice uh, Pavelski-like tip. I think you ta- you mentioned that on Twitter, Jeff. Uh, did you I not? did. Yeah. Uh, nice uh, redirection uh, tip past uh, Dubnik. Um, your thoughts, uh, on, uh, Hoffman, the, the first two games, Jeff, as far as, I mean, first of all, I just former, want to say former Sharks legend, I might yeah, have right. <laughs> zero games played, but was a member of the Sharks organization. How many hours? For, uh, was it like two about, hours? Not, no, about 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to say, first of all, we've been harping on this show that Justin Falk is the best and we love Justin Falk. So Let's go blues radio was right again, right? Justin Falk, the greatest player in all of the NHL. Of course, I'm kidding. Let me let, uh, let, let me oh, hold on. let me say this about yeah, Falk though. Let me finish. Okay. Can I can I finish? I don't can know. I, can, I don't know. Can you don't go too far? Don't stray too far from the topic because I want to say. <laughs> no, don't worry. I won't. I say, we've been saying on the show what we've actually been saying is we need to see him step his game up this year. Right. And and we've been saying that we think he will because he's going. It's going to be a different mix of defensemen. He's going to be able to play uh, more minutes. He's getting the opportunity. Uh, I think after two games, I'll have to check the stats to be sure. I think he's leading the team in uh, ice time right now. Which... Uh, he he's third. He's he's third, but only behind behind Pareko and Krug by like twenty seconds. They're right okay. all right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's, I mean, he's right up there and he has played phenomenal. Um, again, Sands, I said this on Twitter, Sands game two of uh, the season, because that was just a, a joke of every blues player on the ice. But 
uh, he's looked phenomenal. And, and um, I've been very happy to, with his play so far. Yes, again, like AJ said before, small sample size. But that's the way that you have to look at the season, I think, in a 56-game season. You look at three- to five-game increments. How have they improved from those games before? And right now, we're seeing the baseline of Justin Falk. And he has showed up very well this season to start. Would you say he looks falking phenomenal? <laughs> of course. <laughs> falking A, he does. Uh yeah, no, I, I agree with you. He uh, and I, I, I said last season uh, and and this off season that he he uh, needed to be better, and I thought he would be. We all did. Um, I, I mean, it's it's just so funny to social media is toxic, and it's just we reference that a lot. Just but because that's what I mean. Whether you get social media and you hear got you hear fans on a radio call-in shows, uh, sports open line stuff. Uh, that's about the gist you get from uh, as far as like knowing what the public thinks in general. Right. So um, a lot of people were just so down on him. And what sucks about this is that Falk could have a fantastic season, but man, you be, you be, you have a hard time convincing most of the fan base that he's having a good year. Uh, until probably 30 or 40 games into the season, at least because he's, they're so set that he sucks. You know, how fans get, they stuck on a, every fan base is probably like this where if they have an opinion about a player, boy, it takes, you got to move mountains to change that opinion about that player, especially well, with oh, Eric Carlson, but go ahead. I, I, was, <laughs> I was just going to say that, that I think AJ can relate because I think that another thing with Falk is people expect offense from him. So even if he picks up his game defensively, which he has, um, I think people are still going to say, well, we need offense from this guy. That's why he was brought in. And I related to Eric Carlson because he was a guy who was brought in for the offense, who was improving, in my opinion, on defense in Ottawa by the time he left. Go ahead, Kirk. I was saying? under the impression that, that they brought Eric Carlson in to make hand passes. No, that's Timo Meyer. That's Timo Meyer. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> He's there for the post-game oh, press conference. God, it was so They're good in my head, too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway. Um, but no, I, I would I would relate it to Eric Carlson. I mean, I'm sure you you deal with the same stuff here and from Sharks fans over there in San Jose. No, it's actually quite the opposite. Uh, you know, we brought the, you know, the guy in to play defense and all he does is play offense. So, uh, look, <laughs> I've, it's no secret. I don't, I don't care for Eric Carlson. I don't care for his game. I think the guy's a diva. Uh, I, I, he, you know, I can tell you just, you ever go, did you guys ever make it over to the practice facility for the blues back before COVID? Oh Yeah. Back in, not recently, but back in the day, yeah, I did. Yeah, back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, so you know, I, I'd make it out to practice from time to time, and you know that there's some area that is designated for player parking, right? And you know, and you and you see the nice cars. Everybody's got a nice car and everything like that, but they're all parked in the designated spots, except Eric Carlson, who has to park in the in the hashed, you know, the the hashed area, which just. It's, you know, it's a way to say, you know, I'm, I'm too good for a regular parking spot or something. It's just, and that might be piddly shit to most people. And it probably is, but it's, it's one brick 
inside of this wall that you see you just the way he contorts himself the way he shies away from contact in games drives me fucking crazy uh he got piloned by um what's it Carew? is that oh Kyru? Kyru? Kyru, Kyru? sorry oh. yeah oh he yeah, 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 yeah. by Kairu on shin's goal just caught standing there he can't ever since that groin surgery maybe even before then the guy's got a shitty pivot uh he got caught gliding and avoiding contact um standing still on Falk's second um you know and they're talking about it like well eric carlson you know he's got this reputation he plays himself into shape i'm sorry when you're the highest paid defenseman yeah. in the league and you've had 10 months to keep your ass on a peloton and you're dragging ass from day one are you serious with this and uh and the local media here uh we one particular beat writer said he talked to a scout and that scout is saying you know he looked average at best not assertive enough not taking more control of the game from the back end and not engaged enough too casual i mean this is not what you want from you know the the leader the three-headed monster of the 26 and a half million dollar defense that is eric carlson brent burns and mark edward vlasic you don't want you know that going through your head it's just it's mind-numbingly frustrating just to see some of this stuff from Eric Carlson. And what's funny is, I again, I wasn't a fan from day one. And a lot of Sharks fans, like you said, social media, toxic. But he's got a, a good amount of defenders. And they're going to come out and say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. And, oh, he led the team in ice time and blah, blah, blah. Well, did you look at his course here as Fenwick lately? Did you look at his plus minus? Minus six right now. Lowest rated on the team. That's your most expensive player, and he's last in all the stats? Like, yeah, small sample size, but again, you've had 10 months to get your groin together, stay in shape, come in from day one ready to go. And again, it's, oh, he's slow starter, plays himself into shape. You know what? F you. Get off my team. <laughs> you, you know, uh, I want to add real quick, Kurt, real quick. We got a, a comment from PuckGuy14, our friend PuckGuy14. Uh, also part of Teal Town, friend of AJ's, I'm guessing. Uh, I guess of, when, <laughs> when, you were, when you just started on your Carlson rant, we got a comment from this. Says, ha ha, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> oh, he knows. He knows. This is an ongoing. There's somebody else on uh, on one of our shows that he he's a he's a Carlson defender supporter. But when I did bring it up today about you know. Lowest in, in a lot of stats, not looking good, coming in slow. And he's like, yeah, I'm even starting to get to my, like, I've, I'm about ready to break my threshold. <laughs> I, I was going to say the, um, the, you mentioned playing yourself into shape. Uh, that sounds like something that players said 40 years ago when they would come in, they would use training camp to get into shape. Yeah. Uh, that, and after that game, was a thing. Go to the yeah, after the game, they'd go to a bar and have a few beers and a smoke and yep. go, go go home with a, a hooker and blow and have a great time. Yeah, and that was that was the way things were. They liked it. but uh, right. And then and all of a sudden, you bring in technology and sports medicine and all kinds of nutritionalists, and then, oh, wow, they got to, like, prepare before the season starts because everyone's doing this and that, and you lose your job. So yeah. uh, Unless my you get paid a lot of money, I really, guess, then you have security. Story that I've heard about anything like that was Bob Plager in his book, uh, Tales from the Blues Bench, that came out about 20 years ago. Uh, Kurt, I don't know if you read that one, but uh, 
phenomenal stuff. Uh, Tom Wheatley, I think, was the one that actually wrote it, but narrated by Bob Plager. My favorite story was he said that um, he came in to training camp, and I think it was the first day, and his coach said, by the end of training camp, you've got to lose 30 pounds. You are just, you're massive. You are way too big. So he said that every day he would drive around with a sweatsuit on in the middle of a St. Louis summer, which it gets hot here. He would drive around with a sweatsuit on. He would pull up, he would turn up all the windows, put up all the windows, and he would blast the heater. And he didn't eat for like three or four days. And he would just do that for the entire training camp. And um, oh and then he came in the last day and he came in just underweight. And they were like, oh, good job, Bob. And he's just like, yeah, I, I probably could have killed myself, but that's just Amazing how we did commitment. it. Yeah. <laughs> Like, holy cow, I couldn't even imagine. That's insane. Because you got to think, too, he's working out every day, too. And you're not eating. You're sitting in a heated car in the middle of the summer. That's insane. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, just in, in the game yesterday, I mean, Couture and Burns, three points each. EK65, the only guy to go over minus two with a minus three. Now, I know plus minus is somewhat of a meaningless stat. But, again, it's one thing to kind of serve – uh, a way to make your point, if you will. I remember back in the day when he was on the Senators and the Blues would play him, and he was noticeable. He would carry the play. He'd, mm -hmm. he'd bring the puck into the zone. He'd wrap around the net, and he'd still get be the first guy back. I don't notice that anymore. I I was like, every time he had the puck, I was I never got nervous. I'm just like, oh, here comes Carlson. Burns still scares me. Couture, obviously, Hurdle. There's a lot of guys in the team that still scare me, but I see 65 coming up the ice, and I'm just like, well, it's probably going to be a turnover. You know, I, I heard I heard a guy on NHL radio. I forget who it was, uh, but NHL radio, and he's talking about Eric Carlson, and he goes, when you see Eric Carlson on the ice, you should be terrified no matter which team you're rooting for. <laughs> <laughs> Burns Burns scared me uh, when uh, the Sharks pulled their goalie. He had a couple of shots there uh, from not too far out, and he wound up. And I'm like, I, I like tightened up. I'm like, oh, there it's gonna be, it's gonna go in. And uh, no, it didn't. But I was like, yeah. He, I mean, like you said, Jeff Burns. Yeah, he scares me with his shot. Um, but I, maybe because Carlson's not a doesn't have the booming shot. He's more of a playmaker type guy. You know. Yeah, but I, I mean, even in Ottawa, it was okay. He's going to dangle three guys and come in and have a good chance on goal. I don't feel that way about him anymore. Yeah, I, you bother him a little bit. He shies away from the play. Exactly. That's my point. The guy shies away from contact. And this is a point that I made last night on Twitter is 30 year old Carlson thinks he can still skate like 26 year old Carlson, and he can't. He thinks he still has that speed. His mind hasn't figured that out yet. Well, uh, I guess in his defense, uh, to a little bit, uh, Kairou is pretty fast. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe, and maybe maybe he didn't quite realize. Uh, I mean, like they mentioned on TV that uh, you know players get scouting reports, and Kairou is a fairly new player, so he might not have been as familiar with with how fast he is or whatever. But uh, might have caught him off guard a little bit. But uh, I don't yeah, know, I don't know the way. 
Carlson's <laughs> hair was floating in the breeze. <laughs> so we'll, I mean, we'll, oh, I'm sorry. We're still not done talking about this and then we can talk about tomorrow, but go ahead. I was going to say that uh, just, okay, well, Brent Burns uh, gave San Jose the lead uh, back on the power play. Uh, almost a kind of a bad break as far as, I guess, Blues are concerned because they have uh, kind of, uh, was it Gunnarsson, uh, Scandella? Uh, blocked the centering pass, but it just still kind of slid right nicely for uh, for Burns, who was left, you know, all alone. Yeah, uh, in front. <laughs> and that's my point. Again, I know it's a power play. You're down a man, but you can't leave a guy like Brent Burns. You know who he is on the ice, whether it's by the number on the back or just his fucking hairy face. You know who Brent Burns is. You don't let that guy skate right to the middle with no one on him, despite what's happening. I... They had, there should have been, again, I don't know if it's gut or it's a uh, Scandella's fault. It was, it was. A weird bounce. That was, that was, that was a play Somebody where Falk needs to pick up Burns well, going right to the net. Falk was in the corner and Scandella went towards the corner to block the pass when Falk was already on the man. I forgot who passed it, but uh, so I mean, Scandella should have stayed more in the goal mouth area. Uh, but he, he, he floated over and, and tried to block the pass. And then that left an area that opened for burns. And, and I forgot who it was that came behind. I was a guy trying to get back to get burns, but he, I mean, he was a couple of steps behind. So he just couldn't. So it was bang, bang play. You know, he's too quick to react. It was. To. And I get that every now and then that's just going to happen. But I just, again, right. like with the problems we've seen on the penalty kill, right. Right. Just get back to fundamentals. <laughs> yeah. You got to do whatever you can to make sure the guy, Again, the, the 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 guy who can put up a ton of points. Uh, you're you're watching him skating straight to the net. You got to watch and, that. That can't happen. And again, with with the goal, I mean, it was a phenomenal. I mean, shot. I mean, un, un, under the crossbar. Great shot. Yeah. Great shot. I mean, you, I mean, you give a guy I mean, like taking anything away from San Jose at all uh, with this game. I mean, they they played great on the power play. It's just the Blues penalty kill is that bad as well. It's it's about it's both. Yeah, I think when it's a when your penalty kill is forty percent, you're going to just start throwing your hands up. Like, wait, come on. Well, uh, and don't forget, you know, Burns did spend a decent amount of time. Uh, Burns spent a decent amount of time at forward with the San Jose Sharks mm -hmm. for a while there, so he's used to being able to make those plays in tight. Sure. Uh, Shen uh, Shen ties the game back up with uh, some help from uh, Dubnik. Who this was a, this was a goofy series. Um, uh, great aggressive poke check on uh, on Cairo uh, by uh, Dubnik and then uh, uh, puck squirts out to Shen who wait who corrals wrist shot wait 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 and then shoots Dubnik makes a fantastic reverse blocker with a palm of his blocker hand uh, and the puck kind of flutters hits the post comes down and uh, he was on his on his back so he was kind of curving around in his his pads swung around and kind of bumped the puck and it and kind of slid in and Schwartz was kind of whacking and jamming away at it. Um, and it goes in. You know, my, my first reaction to every goal is always, yes, you know, and then I'm like, oh, you know, this was the one goal where I, 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 I don't know if I noticed exactly what happened right away, but right when the puck went in the net, I go, oh, poor Dubnik. Like, <laughs> He made a phenomenal save, yep. and he played that so well, but he ended up just muffing the puck a little bit and put it in his own net. I mean, it you can't ask for a worse scenario for a goaltender because he made a ridiculous 
ridiculous save on Kairou on that break-in. Well, that happened to Jake Allen a lot, that kind of series. Yes. He'd make a great save, and then something goofy happened a second and a half later, and it went to go in. So, uh, Who was it that Kairou beat to, to go on the breakaway, AJ? Was that? That wasn't Carlson. That was Carlson. Yes, that was, it was, that was Eric goddamn Carlson. I mean, again, you know, we, 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 we can sit here and, and laugh about Eric Carlson all night, but <laughs> I mean, for a rookie, that is an unbelievable move to make on a guy that, I mean, he looks up, he knows who that is. He knows it's Eric Carlson and he makes that move on him and goes around him and former, former Norris winner, yeah. uh, uh, just a Two great time. heads up by Cairo and goes to show the, the, the level of, uh, the, the the level of confidence this kid has right now. I mean, he's been phenomenal to start the season. No, I I was blown away by that. And, you know, you talked about Falk earlier. I mean, wasn't it Falk that used both uh, Kanijov and Ferraro as screens, yeah. essentially shooting yeah. the pucks, you know, right between the legs? So, I mean, you got to take your hat off of that. Both of those are like those are ones I look at and I get Dubnik. You got to pick up at least one of those. Yeah, one was one was Kairou's goal and one was Falk's goal because Falk's Fo- oh, other okay. goal was a was a redirection, the Pavelski like. Um, I got you. Or, yeah, right. Or was that uh, that was that was Hoffman? Second, that was somebody's Hoffman. leg. No, I think I think I thought it was Falk's second went through Ferraro's legs. Okay, Ferraro's second was a redirect. Yeah. And Kairu's second was through somebody's legs. The snipe that he had on the top right. corner. Yes. Right. Yeah. The game winner. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Kyrie. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Yep. You're right. For our top, top of the circle. Yeah. And this is, yep. and Jeff and I had a discussion with uh, online. And I, I thought, I think both things are, are true here. I think, I think it was a fantastic shot. But I also think that uh, it was from top of the circle. Granted, it was a screen through his legs, but uh, AJ, I mean, is this a save that you would have that you say, "Oh, I think Dumit should have could have had that one," or is Absolutely. it one that you're like, "That's a snipe that's going in"? Uh, I mean, two things can be true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when it's that far away and there's kind of like no real traffic there, I think that's something you got to be able to pick it up. But again, we. You know, we're talking about Dubnik, a guy who did not have a good season last year and hasn't played for 10 months. So, you know, I mean, well, he was played out of his job by Stalock, right? So. Basically. Yeah. So, and, and that's got to be demoralizing when, you know, you're played out of your gig by a guy who was basically, I mean, what? He hasn't retired, but he's like out indefinitely right now. So, I, either well, way, I don't he- know. Size as Mickey Rooney. Say what? Isn't he the same size as Mickey Rooney as well? <laughs> Who's Daylock? No, he's not Daylock. that small. No, he's not that small. But it's uh, I don't I don't know. I'm just you know the the thing that gets me about the goaltending sometimes when you hear the complaints about it, and I get it because statistically it's there. But the thing that nobody can kind of uh, figure out is you sit there and go. My God, Aaron Dell, Martin Jones, just two of the worst goalies to ever strap on the pads. And if you look at their stats, 1819 and 1920, they're almost identical. And what happened 1819? Went to the Western Conference Finals. What happened the next year? Almost the exact same numbers in their basement of the West. 
and yet the numbers are almost identical. So can you really lay it all on your goalies? Am I thinking of Aaron Dell, who was yes, pretty sir. small? Uh, yeah. No, actually, I think Dell and, and State like probably about the same. Probably about what? Both about five eleven or so. Who the hell am I thinking of? Darren oh, you thinking of Urbe? Urbe was like Herbe. five foot five. Urbe. <laughs> Let's just go with Arders Urbe. Yeah, Urbe yeah, was like five foot five with the skates on, bro. Yeah. Oh, he was man. <laughs> Um, uh, so what, what, what do they have had here? Uh, third period, uh, Couture ties it up in the third, uh, banks, a uh, bad angle shot off Bennington. Um, and that's, I think that's, that's how it's kind of gone for, uh, Bennington. Uh, he's, you know, played well, his numbers aren't good. Uh, but, uh, he's had some goals going on him like that. Um, which, you know, I guess you could have said that about Jake Allen too, when he was here, he played well and have goals going like that. But, uh, and fans got on him for that, which we did too, but. Um, and then Cairo gets his second of the season on a delayed penalty, uh, midway through the third, uh, which we just talked about under the glove of, uh, over the glove of, uh, Dubnik, uh, from the top of the circle and that held up for the game winner. So, uh, five, four blues last night and they, uh, go back at it again tomorrow night. Um, I, uh, I, I was really impressed overall. The, the blues, they, Again, we talked about it was a two nothing game after the first period, but you know, I I I know Kurt agrees. I think AJ uh, showed some 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 agreement here too that that the Blues were the better team in the first period despite being down two nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way that they were able, and and it was one of those games where you go one or two ways after the first period. You sit there and you say, okay, Devin Dubnik is just gonna lights out, be the goalie we saw five years ago against the Blues. Or this is a game where it's the Blues are down 2 nothing, but they're going to come back. You just know they're going to make that big comeback that they've done in the past. And, you know, they were down 10 nothing through um, four periods uh, after the Colorado <laughs> game. And it was just... Jesus, are they going to score a fucking goal ever again? You know, it was it was not good, but... You just kept thinking, well, they're playing well in this game. They will eventually get one on the board. And it was just all of a sudden they were able to string some goals together and they picked up their game defensively. Again, I think Bennington had a good game. Um, you could maybe fault him on on Couture's tie goal in the third period um, off the bank. But I thought, again, Logan Couture, a blues killer, just a great play by him. Like, I feel like he knew what he was doing by putting it off the goalie's pad. And that's just one of those plays where it looks bad for a goalie, but it's really hard for a goalie to defend against. Um, I think overall, this was a, a great game for the St. Louis blues. I, a great bounce back win, but I think after going two and one with an eight, nothing loss right there in the middle and a, and a tough game against San Jose in game three, I'm really interested to see what team we get uh, tomorrow night against San Jose. You and me both. But I will tell you, there was a time where the Sharks had the reputation of like, you know, nothing cures a losing streak like playing San Jose. You, you know, I actually, I actually thought that the Blues, obviously it was a, they played better than uh, the previous game, but uh, I don't think it was a great game by the blues. I mean, it was, it was a back and forth game. I, I thought the blues made a lot of mistakes. Um, both teams did. Um, I, I mean, it was exciting. I mean, it was put up five goals, which was fantastic compared to getting blank the game before, but I, 
I, I mean, if we had played Colorado again last night and Colorado played this same way against us, I think, I think we got, sm- we got smoked again. Uh, yeah. I mean, we wouldn't have gotten shut out. I don't think we played a little better offensively, but, uh, I mean, I could you see us losing to six to two, six to three, something like that. It was, you know, I, 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 I defensively we had lapses. Um, I, I just, I, I was, I saw a lot of stuff that I was, I mean, yeah. Okay. I mean, we won the game. Great. But, uh, I think, so I'm, I'm curious to see how tomorrow is going to go because, um, if, if we play the same way, I mean, San Jose could beat us tomorrow. I mean, it's, I, I, it was, it was a close game. Um, and San Jose was right there. Um, and both teams made mistakes, uh, in this game. I, uh, but like I said, we played better than the game before, much better, but I, I want to see better than that. Um, I want to see, you know, I mean, this, this team is supposed to be a Stanley cup contender. It's only three games in, I get it. But, uh, eventually I want to see better play than this. I don't want to see five to four nail biters where you're playing, you know, uh, good for a while, poor for a while, allowing some plays you shouldn't uh it's not going to cut it uh, so i want to i want to see well, some more consistency i'll say that i think game one of this season was the best we've seen this team play since march mm-hmm. i think that was better than anything we saw in the bubble and i'll i think this game was the second best game we've seen since march and, and that's not saying a lot because i think the blues played awful in the bubble they were awful even in their two wins i i thought they could have played a lot better game against vancouver um, but having said that hundred percent, um, this was an entertaining game. Yep. Um, I was, <laughs> yeah, at was. Of my seat the entire night, but yes, I, I, and, and nothing against San Jose. I, I said this, AJ, uh, I said this on our, uh, season preview show that I think San Jose has potential to surprise in this division. Uh, you, just given, you would be uh, wrong. Go ahead. Jeff, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, tell him, Jeff, tell him your prediction, Jeff, for the, the I, top four. I picked, them to finish, I, picked, I picked them to finish fourth. I, I think they could. <laughs> I, I think they could edge out Arizona personally. But uh, um, I'm kind of eyeballing Minnesota. But go ahead. Minnesota, maybe. Yeah, we'll maybe. see. But anyway, I I think that this was a good game for the Blues. But I'm 100% agreeing with you, Kurt. That. Um, this isn't the best we can see them play. I think their best game against San Jose, they don't allow four goals. It just doesn't happen. Uh, defensively, they were a little scattered. Obviously, you improve that penalty kill. That changes a lot. But uh, uh, overall, after three games, a 2-1 and one record, that's, I'm no. going to be honest, that's exactly what I thought they'd be. So, Maybe your goals against and goals it's, for is a little different than I thought it would be, but it's uh, it's right where I thought they'd be after three games. It's funny because uh, there's chatter about Falk being the Blues' best player so far this season uh, and him being a defenseman, and the number one issue with the Blues right now is their defense. It's kind of weird, <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Yep. Uh, hopefully the rest of the, I mean, Bert, missing Bertuzzo. I mean, like he's a, when getting him back, it'd be nice third pairing guy, a uh, uh, tougher shot blocker, but uh, how long he's going to be out, who knows? So. Uh, I mean, I'm interested tomorrow to see how the sharks respond. Obviously. I mean, they've allowed 10 goals in their last two games, which, you know, kudos, $26.5 million defense. Um, <laughs> you know, wait a, I, I know that they gave up a lot of high danger chances last night. Um, we also saw the return of redeem Shimmick finally to the blue line. He hadn't played the first two games. 
Uh, we got a rook back there playing with him too, and Kanijov. Uh, they're going to get obviously sheltered minutes. Shimmick still has. When you talk to him one day, the knee is good. You talk to him the next day, the knee is a little bothersome. We'll see how that rolls out through the rest of the season. But, you know, the top four, it's Burns, Vlasic, Carlson, and and thank God, Ferraro. I mean, boy, if we didn't have that piece, I don't know what the hell would be going on. Uh, But the Sharks, the top six are kind of locked, right? I mean, you've got Kane, Couture, Meyer, Hurdle, John Leonard has played himself into a top six role right now, kind of pushing down Ryan Donato. Uh, but it's it's that bottom six. I mean, the, the third line is kind of set right now where you've got Gregor in between Nieto and Sorensen. And what that gives you is a shit ton of speed, but not a lot of finish. Uh, I don't think they're going to be setting any records for goal scoring. Uh, but they do have a lot of speed. But Gregor seems to be the three games and then the bottom four the only one you can count on is marlo because they want to set that record for gordy Howe. <laughs> so you know marlo is <laughs> going to slot in but the rest of it it's you know we're starting to play that so you think you can be a fourth line center because right now let me see well i forget who was it oh in game one it was yoel shellman he he was put on waivers and is now i think on the taxi squad then the uh next game they brought in Stephen nason on the wing and moved marlo over to center uh, that didn't work. And then last night you saw the debut of Handemark in the fourth line center. And he was pretty responsible for get two give ridiculously bad give ups that led to rushes the other way. One of them ended up in the back of the net. So that was actually the one that, um, uh, Cairo blew Carlson's doors off. If you go a little bit before that, Handemark totally flubs that pass. So, uh, you know, it's that bottom six. They're going to have to get it together. Today, there was talk that evidently um, who, uh, Donato was taking line rushes <laughs> with Kevin LeBanc at center, Sasha Shemilevsky, who has yet to play an NHL game. I actually saw that. And that's, uh, I, I saw some Sharks fans being a little excited about his debut. Well, I'm excited about his debut, but to me, it just screams like, what the hell happened to Dylan Gambrell? Like, where's this kid been? You know, he's been given chance after chance after chance. He has not been able to uh, get any type of a grip on on a spot. And I think it, it would not shock me to see him get waived. Like, Ryan Donato is a guy that I really thought could be a – uh, I don't know what the word is. Uh, somebody who you don't expect a dark horse, I guess, uh, to have a great season. And he didn't impress me last night at all. No, I've yet to be impressed by him as well. And in fact, coming into the season, you know, a lot of teams or, you know, a lot of fans, they sit there and go, you need a top six, you know, you got to have a strong top six. To me, the sharks have a strong top four. You have Kane, Meyer, Hurdle, Couture. Like, if you want to throw in LeBanc there, maybe. I still don't think he's there yet. And it would not surprise me to see John Leonard pass him on the depth chart before this season is over. I mean, Leonard, he's already pushed Ryan Donato down. So, man. Yeah, Yeah, when I saw Donato in the uh, World Juniors a couple years ago, I was very – actually, I'm sorry. I think it was the Olympics, right? He played in the Olympics uh, for Team USA uh, back in 18, I think. 
because um, the NHL players weren't there. Uh, he really impressed me. I really thought that was a pure NHL challenge, uh, talent. Maybe we'll still see it, but um, yeah, I was. I have not been impressed with him with Minnesota, uh, and then obviously last night with San Jose either. Oh well, and I, I'm assuming Martin Jones is going to go back in in the crease. Um, that's just the way kind of Bugner has set it up. Is just kind of like, look, if you if you play well, you'll get it. If you don't, we're going to the other guy and. Uh, you know, I, again, I don't think you can hang it all on Dubnik last, uh, last night. I don't think you can hang all of the second game on Jones, but Boogie's going to do <laughs> Boogie going to Boogie is what we say. But um, even in the post game comments, uh, Bugner was kind of calling out that this team is making mistakes that, you know, we worked on for three weeks in camp and they're still making some of the same stupid mistakes and he, he, you know, he kind of called EK out by name, you know, and said, look, Carlson, I thought his first game was below average. His second game was a little bit better, but he's getting caught when he shouldn't be. He's so. a, fa- I mean, still, still to this day, I, I still see his speed, but it's just, he, he moves in at just the wrong time. Like his awareness is way off. Yeah mental lapses but when you say you see his speed is he skating next to Cairo or is he sitting next to Pavelski because there's a big difference there <laughs> yeah, that's true I mean against Cairo obviously not but I mean I I think you know average NHL speed it's still there he's not getting blown away by some of these guys but yeah clearly he's not the guy he used to be well and you made the point earlier and we've been talking about it for a while is just that he shies away from contact he he won't take a big hit he's easy to muscle off bucks well he's the complete opposite of burns who's like kind of like yeah come on let's hit it let's go and carlson wants to try to get around you skate around you if you look and lay one good hit on carlson early in a game i think you rattle him i don't you know like i don't think carlson there, there are certain players that if you got under their skin uh, you know, like Owen Nolan comes to mind. If you pissed him off, he played better pissed off. And Carlson, I think he's one of those guys. You get under his skin, he's gonna he's gonna fold. Where did you have uh, San Jose finishing this season, AJ? Uh, honestly, I, I'm pretty sure I had them at like six. Okay, I like. I was kind of like basically. I think this season could very well end up. Kind of like last season where you see all three California teams finish, you know, in the bottom three. I figured it was kind of a lock that it's Colorado and Vegas are going to fight for the one and two. St. Louis slots into the three. And then you've got Minnesota, Arizona, and and maybe one of the other teams battling it out for that fourth wildcard spot. Could San Jose get in there? Yeah. But again, I just, I look at the pieces. I sit there and go, Top four, not a top six. Look at the bottom six. There's just, I don't know where any extra offense is going to come from. And then if you're, you know, if you're not going to bring something offensively, then you better be a shutdown line. And defensively, they just, you know, they're giving up too many high danger chances. And you potentially, you know, when, when you've got whatever line it is out there and you've got Burns and Carlson behind them, it's like having five forwards. That's that's how they play it. So it's it's again like that guy from NHL radio. So when when Carlson's on the ice, everybody should be afraid. 
<laughs> and the Kings are not helping anyone's cause. Uh, they're, uh, uh, let's see, the Avalanche are winning 3-1 to one right now in the third, late in the third. So the Kings are in the power play right now, though, so maybe they'll... Oh, they just scored. How about that? 3-2. Springs eternal. <laughs> <laughs> Got a comment from Sean Nolan, a uh, friend of the show. Sean uh, used to write for the Hockey Writers, I believe, actually. Uh, Sean says, ask AJ if he was surprised if the Blues were placed in the West Division this year. Uh, I'm sorry, ask, yeah, are, are we surprised to see the Blues joining the West Division? No, I was surprised to see Minnesota. I thought it was going to be Dallas. I mean, Dallas I, I just, Louis? yeah, I figured Dallas, St. Louis, and Colorado. I mean, you knew it was going to be Colorado just based on how geography works. But Dallas and St. Louis, that's what I thought. Now, if you're San Jose or the other California teams and you're going, I'm sorry, you're bringing in who? You want to bring in the, the team that won the cup a couple of years ago? You want to bring in the team that went to the final this past summer <laughs> and Colorado, who is the sexy pick to win it this year? Really? All three? <laughs> like, I don't know if there was something going on in the back that says, you know what? We need to make the Central a little more competitive. We can't put these powerhouse teams all in one division. So I'm wondering if that's why they swapped Dallas and Minnesota. I don't know. When you guys were watching this, did you notice like I did? It seemed like over the course of the week, the division kept changing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was Dallas, it was Dallas and it was Minnesota. Then, then we were in the West. Then we were in the Central. Yeah. And then, uh, and then it, we all know how it turned out. It was, it's us and, uh, and um, Minnesota. So I, I, I mean – I was I, I, I we talked about this on the show. I was I was little. Uh, I thought we should have been in the central, but I mean, I, I just in, in, I, though. Who, who moves who moves into your spot in the West then? Uh, Dallas. Okay, I mean, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, well, I I think only because of selfish reasons. Uh, I wanted to. I wanted. Okay, so I've always been a proponent of more divisional games. I love divisional games. Against rivals, division rivals, more in a season. I like that. And so this season, with the shortened season and only playing divisional games, I would have loved to have played the Hawks eight times and the Predators eight times. And uh, the Red Wings being in the Central this, se this season, that would have been a renewed rivalry there, hopefully, with them. That would have been fantastic, uh, just as far as, you know, those matchups go. Um, and, you know, Tampa Bay, there's not really any history with the Blues in Tampa Bay, except for a couple games a year. Um, Good games, actually, recently, but still. Um, but that would have been a, a nice matchup there. So I, I think people are thinking that the Tampa Bay is going to win it in a walk, uh, right. the Central this year. So, I mean, that, that would have given them some competition, at least, uh, on paper. So, I mean, it, I mean, I, I don't be wrong, though. I, I mean, this, uh, San Jose is a, is a nice rivalry. Um, L.A. is a nice rivalry. Um, Colorado should be developing into a fantastic one. Um, well, we'll see you so. guys in Vegas. And Vegas, yeah, and it's interesting because we've never lost to Vegas in uh, regulation uh, yet. So wish we could say the same. But, <laughs> I mean, but St. Louis, as far as I have memory serves, San Jose hasn't seen a team more in the playoffs than St. Louis. I think Detroit is a close is a close second. Uh, but I look at it from that regard, and you know, like you're talking about with rivalries. San Jose really didn't have anything at all with Minnesota other than, I don't know, fleecing them for Brent Burns maybe, but the, you know, <laughs> rivalries, no, but back in the day, you rewind the clock uh, with Dallas. I mean, we had the whole thing with Eddie Belfour. 
Uh, you, yeah. I mean, Owen Nolan absolutely running him and in, in some of the stuff. Uh, who was it? Grant Grant Marshall, Jason Marshall, something Marshall. Jason Marshall, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, when Owen Nolan almost decapitated the guy. I mean, back when you know, in the, in the mid to late nineties, back when Dallas and San Jose played in that same division, boy, there were there was some heated games that would go back and forth between those two teams. So I could see Dallas being in this division instead of Minnesota. But real quick, I'm sorry, I, I gotta I gotta try and flex my my NHL memory muscles here. Uh-oh. The trade for Brent Burns. With Minnesota oh. was Charlie Coyle. Yes. Three. Ah, oh, damn. Three, okay. three pieces. Charlie Coyle was one, right? Yes, sir. Devin Setaguchi. Yes, sir. And I'm going to say a first-round pick. Yes, sir. That turned into Woo! nothing. Yeah. No, I you nailed it. There we and go. And still, still ended up being a fleece. Well, I mean... Yeah. Charlie, well, look, is Charlie Coyle still with Minnesota? No. So, you know, it ended up working out. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, well, he's with Boston. They ended up, they, they got Donato in that deal, right? Uh, You might be right. I think I, I am. Really. I'm going to look, actually. Let me find out. I don't know. Anyway. You know, any, uh, anytime you try to follow any, any type of movement like this, you look like you're, you know, on the X-Files or something with all the yeah, right. all the, all the the yarns strapped to the map trying to go, okay, well, this guy went from here, then traded to there, yeah. and, but, you know. Yeah, so, so actually, Charlie Coyle, uh, yep, there it is. Boston Bruins acquired Charlie Coyle from the Minnesota Wild in exchange for uh, Ryan Donato in a 2019 fifth-round pick. Dear Lord. Charlie Coyle, the, the gift that keeps on giving. Yep. <sighs> Member of the Blues, uh, or the team that the Blues beat in the Stanley Cup Final in 2019. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, the 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 bet that I think we're going to start around here is if we see uh, Melnichuk start a game, who is like basically our third string goalie right now, the one that we're kind of hyped up on. Uh, because Yo- uh, Yosef Kornosh down with the Barracuda, He's had little flashes, but he lacks consistency. But this Melnichuk kid seems to be the one that a lot of people are hyped up on. And if Jones and Dubnik continue to kind of have the games that they've had, you know, again, small sample size, but let's see it after 10 games. See where are are things starting to come together? Because again, abbreviated camps, no exhibitions. So let's see what we have after 10 games. But if you're still looking at the goaltending going, yikes, then I don't know if you give that kid a look or not. But I know if uh, if after – because Doug Wilson was telling everybody it was all about getting off to a hot start. The last two years have not been great starts. Last year's camp was shit. This year, camp, the vibe was supposed to be great. People were having fun. And, may, hey, maybe this whole stuck in Arizona thing could be good for the group to come together. And, well, what are you at right now? You're You're one and two. So let's see it after 10 games. Let's see where you finish on the chart. Last time I checked the standings, aside from where Colorado, or no, was it Colorado? Who was in the basement a minute ago? The ba- Colorado's three and one. They're about ready to be four and one. Who was they... I thinking? Oh, Colorado. No, but, but Colorado in the division, they're sixth. And you kind of go, really? Oh, right, right, right. But if you look at it, it's like if you slot Colorado into the top three and move everybody down a spot, you go, yep, that's about where I had it. Sorry, Colorado, <laughs> yeah. Colorado is uh, getting ready to be two and one. Not, I was way off. 
So okay, but but once they hit that, they slot up into what the fourth spot. Uh, once uh, they'll they'll be tied for second. Actually, they're probably tied. at the edge because head to head. So uh, they'll be two and one with the Blues. They'd be tied with Minnesota for second and St. Louis. And but, St. Louis. But, but see, that's there. Yeah, there you go. That's my point. After they they win this, refresh your browser. <laughs> After they win this, refresh your browser. When you see Colorado up there with two, three, and four, take a screenshot because I'm telling you, that's how most people had this whole thing set set up. And it's 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 funny that you don't usually in a regular season you don't see that. You know, there's usually one or two teams that kind of have a big start. Like I think Vancouver did that a couple seasons ago, where you're like, wow, where did this team come from? And then March rolled around, and you're like, oh yeah, that's pretty much where we had them. Yep. Um, I want to add real quick, uh, just it's not a comment. It's from Twitter last night when the Blues were down 2 nothing. Somebody tweeted me, at, I for, forget who, but somebody tweeted me and asked, when do you start considering uh, moving assets at the trade deadline? Uh, and he said, like, Hoffman and Schwartz. Is he and s- I... <laughs> oh, what? Listen, listen. After three games? I, yeah. I get people being concerned with a shorter season, being concerned after a couple games, but uh, third game of the season down two nothing. Basically, you're you're down two nothing after seven periods of hockey uh, in the season. Um, They're two and one. Don't panic. don't panic, Blues fans. Well, yeah. that time they okay. were one and one. Oh, only Looking- one and one after two games. Oh my god. Ooh, I don't know, but I'm saying they might have been down one, two, one and two, and and but I'm saying I I disagree 100. percent We don't. I told what I said was in a shortened season, do not look at three games. At the very least, you look at ten games oh, and say how did they do in the first ten games of the season. I, then you start evaluating. But uh, right now, I'd say I'd, I'd say, say I'd say at least, at least 25. I mean, I unless you're say, just stinking up the joint. Yeah, you're talking three games. I'm like, I can see that after 23 games, yeah. but not after three games. Yeah. I said, I said after 10 games, reevaluate, and maybe you you say, okay, what do what do we need to start preparing for? Yeah. But no, uh, I mean, it's, I, I, uh, I think I think if your if your if your expectations are are poor, uh, and you get off to a two and eight start. Then okay, okay, we are who we thought we were, uh, and we'll we'll entertain trades uh, here in the near future. But uh, man, I ten games is still real early for me. I'm I'm halfway, you know, halfway twenty five games. Well, see, I'm uh, as, as a Sharks fan, we're looking at the at least for me. I came at this as like fifteen games. Let me see the first fifteen. Is it beyond where we were, you know, last season? Do do are we seeing progress? Are, are certain guys, because a lot of guys last season, Kane, Meyer, Sorensen, uh, guys that were expected to kind of take a little bit of a step forward, all kind of regressed early on. You, even uh, Auntie Suamela, who's, you know, with the Barracuda right now. So let's see where we're at after 15 games for the Sharks, and then we can kind of see if we need to go, you know, over to Home Depot and start picking up, you know, fire sale signs or something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Chris S. in the YouTube chat, I think he's a Sharks fan. He says, Sharks fans are ready to burn it down after two games. Uh, granted, they'd be ready to burn it down after any result, but dominating wins, in which case they are a lock for the cup. 
Well, so you, should, you should you should be familiar with that, Chris S. Because of memory serves, he sent you guys a real nice case of beer. Oh, oh that is Chris. Is that Chris? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we know Chris. Okay. <laughs> no, I, Chris S. Could be so many people. AJ. <laughs> no, I believe um, you guys had a nice little wager with him, and he paid off quite well. That was yeah. Yes, that was no, that was fantastic. Oh, we yeah. enjoyed. What was that one modern something? Modern times. Modern times. Oh man, I enjoyed their beer so much. That was great. Yeah, they're solid. Uh, and in fact, you know, Logan Couture is working with the local brewery out here, Hoppa's Brewing, and he's got uh, what is it? Some sort of IPA or some special recipe that he's doing uh, that goes to uh, like the Logan Couture Foundation. But uh, solid, solid pickup. Uh. We need to talk to you off air sometime, maybe a group chat, AJ, about doing a um, a season series bet. That needs to happen. Oh, sh- okay. Chris, you better get in on this because you know beer is going to be involved. <laughs> <laughs> we said something about just having each other's logos. Like, uh, you know, like you guys have to broadcast a show with the Let's Go Blues radio logo or something like that. Yeah, well, I, I remember at one point, actually, you know what? I think we won a bet where you guys had to wear Teal Town USA shirts, but we never ended up sending them over to you because we sold out so fast and we haven't had a chance to, <laughs> to print up some more yet because we're going to do a new design or something. There was there was one bet, uh, too, where uh, something was displayed, uh, Blues, on uh, your show at some point uh, oh, that I th- uh, Eric put up there. I remember that. Yeah, it was either that or I think for like for like a day for 24 hours we had to change our Twitter avatar to the Let's Go Blues logo. See, that's yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah, uh, okay, that that's uh, yeah, it was something like that. Tell oh, you what, I'm AJ, down. I'm gonna I'm gonna speak for the trio here and say, if you still <laughs> want to make good on that bet and send us uh, Teal Town USA shirts, we will wear them for. <laughs> we we got to get a new batch, brother. <laughs> so we'll, we can make right. that happen. You get them. You send them our way. We will wear them. The blues logo on Puck Guy's face. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be an improvement. Oh, yes. Okay. There you go. Yeah. The lower thirds were all switched to let's go. Okay. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. All right. <laughs> Fun stuff. Absolutely. Um. The I, I didn't mention this earlier, and I probably should have. The uh, NHL is doing uh, custom helmet decals that pays tribute to Willie O'Ree and Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, all throughout uh, Black History Month. So starting uh, starting yesterday was it or the day before? Um, they uh, unveiled the, those stickers. So and uh, we're uh, honoring that as well. We have the the logo displayed in our uh, our show here. So we'll continue to do that uh, all throughout February as well. So uh, we're happy to do that. Ask you guys a question: Has have the Blues released a schedule for what games are going to be rolling their retro reverse sweaters in? Not that I've seen. I don't think any team has. Think, have they? No. The yeah, Washington. No. Washington did yeah. earlier okay. today. Calgary's already done it. Uh, there, yeah, there's a small handful of teams, and I'm just kind of like, well, what the hell's going on? Like, why wasn't this like just a big reveal like the NHL likes to do, where yeah. they do you know an hour long show for a two minute announcement, but I can't believe it wasn't some big reveal because this is an NHL driven thing. You know, the NHL is driving this retro reverse thing. I can't believe they didn't do that. Well, I might think my, I, maybe it's because that if there were fans in the stands, uh, it'd be something they would unveil to then sell tickets for these games. Maybe. Oh, 
I so, will. And to push, push the merch too, you know? Right, right. Um, and I, from what I understand that, the, at least with the Blues anyway, there's a very limited number of uh, Retro Reverse jerseys out there. I don't think they have a ton of them. I, I think, think that's league-wide. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not... I'm not sure if that's because they don't think they're going to sell a ton or what the reason behind that is. <laughs> Have you looked on eBay lately? You've got people trying to sell those Colorado Nordique jerseys for four or $500 a piece, and they're getting them because well, the demand is so high. Well, I'm, I get that. And if they're sold out, I mean, I, I, the, the, the horrendous Blues Retro Reverse jerseys, so, there's a section of the fan base that absolutely loves that design. Uh, they love the clown jerseys from the, the mid late nineties. So, uh, they, I mean, I, some people just like bad design. What, what can I say? So, and they're going to, there's going to be a demand for some of those jerseys that aren't looking that great. So I, uh, someone will pay $400 for a retro reverse blues clown Jersey this year on eBay. If they're sold out and you can't find them guaranteed. It's just, I don't know. I, if you can't find something, someone's going to like ugly and they're going to pay for it. So. I just I don't understand how you misjudge demand that poorly, and and you do it consistently. I see that all the time, uh, where people are, you know, at NHL shop, at Fanatics, at whatever. They're people just constantly complaining, like, "Hey, when are you going to get this back in stock? Where where is my jersey? All that type of stuff." They they the Blues ran into that problem last year with their throwback, their clown mm. throwback they had, the. The, the, they they didn't make a ton of them, and uh, they sold out. And people were wondering where are they? And I think and then people were saying, "Oh my gosh, they sold out! They were so popular." Well, yeah, I guess they're popular in the sense they sold out. But I wonder what the real demand was. If they had if they had put in stock, you know, just a lot of them, would they have sold them out? Maybe they would have. I don't know. But uh, it's interesting. Maybe they created a demand that there wouldn't have been otherwise. So possibly. I mean, I know people were. People are still looking for the 25th anniversary heritage jersey that the Sharks had, even though the 30th looks almost identical to it. But, you know, one's Reebok design versus the Adidas. And I'm preferable to the Reebok one, actually. But I'm just, I don't know. I'm just surprised it's like the Sharks were three games in. Now, granted, we don't know when the Sharks are going to be playing at SAP. I'm just a little shocked that we haven't seen a schedule release for either the reverse retro or the heritage jersey with the sharks involved but again i'm still surprised the nhl didn't put out a whole reveal you know and it's like oh this is you know it's because it's supposed to be about rivalries right the retro oh as far as the, yeah when they're going to be used yeah. in games yeah i yeah, it's like yeah you're not going to see like toronto playing la in reverse retro you know not a lot of history there <laughs> but you know not I can this see year that. anyway but yeah, but I can see St. Louis and Chicago. I can see San Jose and LA. Like, yeah, let's let's see those. Yeah. And I believe they're supposed to use them for the games in Tahoe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think they are. Yep. Yeah. I think that's right. Okay. So I'm just surprised there hasn't been a big blanket announcement. But I was I was curious if St. Louis had done it yet, that's all. Well, I I'd, I'd like to know in advance so I can turn the contrast down on my TV when these bright red things <laughs> come on the ice because they're going to be like burning my eyes out. Too much oh, red. I might have to turn mine up because of that dark gray. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I guess that will do it. Uh, support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's blow-the-way screwing products. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code LGB. Look good, smell good, 
Feel Good with Manscaped, and by ID Life, the world's only true personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment and your DNA. Visit rockinthatidlife.com and talk to Dustin today. That will wrap up episode 19 of season nine of the original St. Louis Booze Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Booze Radio. Thanks for listening and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. Uh, AJ, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it very much. Always a good time. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. And before we go, let, let, uh, let the folks know where uh, they can find you. Uh, of course, Teal Town USA, uh, the website, Twitter, YouTube, all those things uh, going live after every single Sharks game. And then our weekly wrap-up show, The Pucknologist, is where you can typically find me and on social at AJ underscore strong. And I'll add uh, thank you to everybody who's been commenting. Uh, we've, we actually had a lot, but we've had a lot of show tonight, so we haven't been able to to get to a lot of it. So I apologize for that. But um, uh, AJ, uh, always fun having you on. And, and uh, again, any Blues fans who are interested, obviously there's, there's going to be a ton of games against the Sharks this year. And then uh, obviously against other teams, the Blues are going to be battling for playoff position. Uh, if you want a good post-game show, better than a call-in show you might hear on the radio, uh, even if it's a Sharks show and not a Blues show, uh, AJ Strong and uh, all the folks over at Puck Guy 14, including Chris S., great guys over at Teal Town USA, put on a great post-game show for every Sharks game. Definitely recommend looking them up and following them on uh, your social media platforms so you can see when they go live. Thank you. And, and and we're going to have four straight against the Blues at the end of next month, so we might That's have right. to have you guys bounce over there for, for a night or two. It's going to be like for a sure. mini playoff series. That's going to be uh, interesting to see how things will carry over if there's any uh, bad blood in the game. That's, uh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, for Jeff Ponder and Bill Dam, Kurt Price, until next time, everyone, let's go Blues. Let's go Blues. AJ, you want to give let's go Blues, or would you rather not? I haven't <laughs> lost that bet yet. <laughs> Isn't it uh, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal? That's what you got. That's Eric's sign off. That's I don't Eric's do that. That, that, that. That's Eric's thing. I let him have that. All right. Well, close enough. All right. <laughs> See you tomorrow night. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I'll work at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. (laughs) St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. Rough and tough and got the stuff to win They'll always get one more No matter what the score They are quite a hockey team, my friend